and then and then, dun, 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 and then you dun, 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 yep, this you, like you go elaborate this, you go through this boss door arena and you know you're gonna fight a boss because it's a big foggy door that you have to go through and you can't get back out of and you get in there and this fucking music kicks in and there's this momentum and these horns and you're there's this giant monster instantly trying to kill you and you're like what do i do if i die i'm gonna go back like three hours it's it's made for that for that she, feeling. She, yeah, fuck God, <laughs> Man, I can't. It's made. It's it, that's what it does. That's what it does, and it does it well. Dude, I couldn't even handle that shit before I was a dad. Like any <laughs> any video game I play now has to be pausable. Totally, I have to be. If I can't pause it and like save it where I'm at, then it's like I I can't. Do that's it. a huge thing with these games is that you cannot pause them. You can't even pause them. No. You, oh my god! You, you press start; it takes you to your like inventory screen, but the game is happening. That's violence. Something can fucking come up behind you and fuck you up. That's so, some other player can invade your game and kill you <laughs> if you're playing online. These games are mean. They're not hard, but they're punishing. They're cruel. So, what is a game that you would consider not punishing but hard? Episode sixteen, recorded November nineteenth. 2021. So the only vocal warm up when you people say something like that, all I think is <laughs> lion face ah, limb face ooh. That's one, yeah. That's, that's a good all. One. That's all I could think of. That's uh, Jane Silent Bob. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Uh huh. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, have you seen that new one? It's real bad. I, I watched like ten minutes of it. And I had to turn it off. I watched the whole thing. No, no. No wonder you're two turds. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Um, it's Oof. it's not good. It it's not good. There's a bad. It felt like it felt like the whole movie was geared around this one uh, speech that Ben Affleck. I don't know if it's Ben Affleck or if it's Holden. I'm not you right. Know, um, I mean, you know, in the movie, I don't remember. Okay, like it's clear who it is in the movie. No, exactly. Like, but but my my recollection, I don't I don't remember. In I think, your memory of the the viewersq universe, it may as well be either one. He, sure, yeah. Um, but he has this quote or this like little little brief short monologue about about having kids and how that changes your perspective, and that you know now. Something to the effect of like now it's not about you like now now you are the stage for them. It and it's and it's really endearing and it's really sweet and it's really it's uh-huh. it 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 resonated whenever I heard it. Yeah. Um. And it almost felt like Kevin Smith did that whole movie as a as a what like uh that that the um. That that whole movie was hanging on the coat hanger of that idea, of that one little monologue, and of him wanting to give his daughter a good platform to, you know, because she's kind of the star of it. That the the female lead is his daughter, right, right, and and so like I'm not gonna like go out of my way to trash it, because I feel like he had good intentions. Do you know what I mean? I guess. But, but didn't they do yoga hosers? Wasn't that also her thing? I think so. Also, you know, he, she maybe he's got a lot of stages to give. I guess <laughs> that's fine. I, I mean, of all the crazy shit that that 
that people do. It's not Ma- hurting anybody. It's that's it's a, total. I man, have no problem with it. Like, what a great way to say it. <laughs> like, listen, do what you fucking want, Kevin Smith. What a great way to it's, say it's it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Wait. not shitting on it like that, you know. Yeah, but, but it. It's just that in the first like five minutes, Jason Smith, Jason Muse does the fucking dick back between the legs thing again, and I'm like, you're like 50 years old. What are you fucking doing, man? I don't even remember it. Yeah. I didn't even. Yeah. I, 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 that's for the best. Probably. All I remember really about that movie is that, is the, is that one little thing that I just said, uh, that's all I, I don't, the rest of it was, you know, what movie, I, uh, speaking of like old movie, old, you know, delayed sequels, um, that, that we didn't finish watching. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I started watching, um, the sequel to devil's rejects. Oh, the, the three from hell or whatever. I haven't seen that. I I watched like thirty minutes or something and like fell asleep on the couch. I had rented it, and and then I like didn't finish it and I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't need to. Man, that's almost that's almost worse than it being like objectively terrible. Yeah, it was just it was just like I don't need. Well, here's another thing: is that oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to forget his name. Oh man, I feel like a shit. But the actor who played. Captain Spaulding. Sid Haig. Thank you so much. Oh, praise. <laughs> He's Jesus. like the one guy. I mean, I guess Sherry Moon Zombie, I know, but yeah, Sid Haig. Totally. Well, yeah, and and you know, and Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley is the I other. Just, I forgot his name. The other cat, and um, but Sid Haig was really sick. Right. Yeah. And and basically, he died like right after they filmed that. Basically, right. Yeah, and he had, and he like, from my understanding, like he called Rob up and was like, "Look, I'm in bad shape." You know, and so Rob had to like redo the script. Oh, wow! And, I didn't and, realize that. And stuff like that to to, and and but pretty much all that you know. And Sid showed up for like one day of filming, and it's it's not much, and you can you can kind of tell that it's wow that you're sort of like working with what you have, and so maybe it would have been different had 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 you know. Um, but it just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't critique it because I didn't finish it. <laughs> That's fair. But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, likewise, I wouldn't, I can't critique the Jay and Silent Bob thing. I'm just like, I don't want to watch that. My critique is that I don't want to watch that. Yeah. 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 Well, and the thing that made sort of made Devil's Rejects so interesting and so cool and so whatever was that it was so different than House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. And House of and and so that was that made it immediately really engaging because you had these same characters in a completely different, a completely different kind of movie. Yeah. Well, it was like it was like he did the tone piece first. Like the House of a Thousand Corpses was like to to tell you what the style of the movie was supposed to be or mm-hmm. the the universe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he made an actual movie after that. Yeah, well, well, I almost sort of see it as that, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses is is like a neon lights Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, you know, just it was literally what it what it right. kind of what it was. You know, um, and then Devil's Rejects isn't isn't even really a horror movie. It's not that kind of horror anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's personal uh it's a trauma movie <laughs> yeah it's psychological uh not psychological horror but it's it's a psychological 
horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, uh We recently watched Allison and I we went through and we watched sort of so many slasher movies. Right. But mostly Friday the thirteenth and Halloween. We watched like all the fucking Halloween movies. And it was really fascinating to sort of see how how different how to how to say what am i trying to say when you watch rob zombies halloween in the context of all the other ones then it becomes clear how different it actually is mm. and and it and so and it's because the the very first halloween which is sort of the gold standard you know you can't really compare other movies to that one because <laughs> the atmosphere and the and sort of like it it really is a suspenseful movie you know like the tension and the crescendo in that movie is in is is insane yeah it is it is a slow burn and then the last 20 minutes is just a sustained you know it, it is you know but rob zombie's halloween is not that it's it is it is a it's more like a like a terror movie <laughs> um, or a violence <laughs> movie, and it's not because this is the thing in in most slasher films. the The suspense is the lead up. It's all about that build up, right? right? Until shit starts popping off, and then for the rest of the movie, typically it's just popping off, right? Well, and it's and it's even just. Each each kill, like it's all about the build up to the kill, and oh well, it turns out they're behind the tree, and then you catch a thing to the head, mm-hmm. or or the it comes through the tent, or or whatever it is. But all those kills are sudden. They happen instantaneously, and I think that's kind of the comfort food. As, or, I don't, comfort food is maybe not the right word, but that's sort of the the comforting thing about slasher movies is that. Um, like why the, why the violence in it feels, um, sensational or doesn't, doesn't feel as intense. Um, like or, they don't linger on it. It's, it's just kind of there and it's gone. Like you knew it happened, but you don't have to sit there. And right. And it. it's like, oh, well the dude was walking on his hands down the hallway and then Jason hits him with a machete and his body falls in <laughs> half. And, and so it's, like you do. it's, it's instant and, you know, and then you find his body in a hammock or in the top of the closet or whatever it is. It's. It's sort of it's it's an instant shock, right? You know, or like he squeezes someone's head and their eyeball pops out, or whatever it is. But in Rob Zombie's Halloween, you see multiple. You know, it takes it takes like a minute and a half for, and and you you know someone's getting in the head with a baseball bat, and and they're still kind of conscious, but they're not functioning, and they're laying on the floor, and their legs twitching, and and then they continue to get, it takes them a while to die. Right. And then the sound, the sound design, is is ter- is is deeply unsettling, <laughs> in in because he's he's mimicking, he's not create he's not creating like a an atmospheric sort of. He's not using music, or, or not. When I say he, whoever did the sound, it was Rob Zombie didn't do the score, but it's it's using sounds to almost mimic what's going on in Michael's head, 
Okay, right, right, right. As he's killing someone. And so it's okay. just, it's, 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 a, it's to create like a soundscape. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's one scene where some shit pops off and all the sound dips away and you just hear the siren over and over and over and over and over again. And it is, it is unsettling. It's not, it's, I, th- I think this is the thing. I think, I think that slasher movies are, 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 I think, I think they're escapist in, in, in a way. And Rob Zombie's Halloween wasn't really escapist. Right. It was... It was it, like, you need to... I'm going to do this, and you're going to have to deal with it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's one thing to see a dude in a mask sneak up on someone and get somebody. Right. Ah! You know, but it's a totally different thing to, you know, when you're seeing someone, like, have their broken leg, and they're crawling across the floor and screaming, and, you know, and there's missing teeth and, you know what I mean? And it's like, it, to, to hang in that space yeah. is a totally different, you know, no, no one films violence the way that Rob Zombie does. So what you're saying is uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween is more in the, is less in the universe of Halloween as a series and more in the universe of Casino. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Because what you you basically described <laughs> the tone of Casino and Maybe. actually some of the scenes verbatim of Casino. Maybe so. Where they fucking smash that dude's hand with a hammer and it's just like writhing there, it, bleeding, and then they put that fucking dude's head in a vice and he's Joe Pesci's like, I got your fucking head in a vice, and they pop uh, his eyeball out. And... Maybe so. It's been a minute since I've seen Casino. Dude, that movie's fucking brutal yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's really messed up so so yeah like that's uh but but and and then the other thing that i thought was really interesting another one of my sort of hot takes of like why people don't fucking like that movie because what everyone says they they hate the origin story because the first like 45 minutes of the movie is michael is a kid mm. and the only thing i've seen of that movie i haven't seen the movie okay by the way the only thing i have seen of that movie is the scene where they're sitting at the breakfast table mm. and everyone's like arguing and being shitty to each other. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's like, that's like the first minute. It's literally like the opening. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, my like hot take on it. Well, first of all, and, and I get what people are saying. That's like, Oh, well, you know, Michael Myers, the thing about Michael Myers that makes him so scary and so this and so that is that you don't know. He has no motive. He right. has no this. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. And so that's cool and 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 that's fine. But if you want to, you know, criticize, if you want to start criticizing the Halloween, you know, Halloween movies for trying to give Michael a motive and give a method to that madness, you really have to start at Halloween 2. Because that's when they start hinting at all this druid Sam Hain stuff. And then that that becomes what mm. they conclude in four, five, and six that it was this like cult, you know, and, and all and stuff like that. So if if taking the mystery away is your problem, then then you really only like Halloween 1978. Right. That's the only one you like. So, <clears throat> so, you, so gonna... don't pick on 2007 Rob Zombie Halloween. Right. Go, you know, get really mad about Halloween 5 and Halloween 6. Is Why aren't I mean. people pissed about Halloween 5? <laughs> Seriously, that was the worst. <laughs> that one was so bad. 
but uh. that's another that's another thing. Um, but then the, my other sort of hot take is that um, is that because I remember seeing that opening scene. I remember being like, yeah, I mean, that's a that's this is a little hyperbolic, but yeah, that that's real. Uh, sure. That happens, and then like, uh, oh yeah, oh this, oh this kid, oh he oh he kills animals. Yeah, I knew a kid who did that, and yeah, and I don't know that that's everyone's experience. <laughs> I no, probably not. I don't. It, it's so I imagine a lot of people are taken, are 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 either one. They see that that opening scene and that and that dynamic, and they think like, either this is too real and I don't and I don't I don't want to do I don't this isn't this isn't going to be fun, right? Um, okay. Or this is ridiculous, and this can't possibly like this is too over the top to be believable. Yeah, you know, and I think that I think my problem with. Literally, I saw like five minutes, like literally nothing of the movie, right? I, I can't render a real opinion on this movie. But I think what put me off of, of that scene was a combination of both of those things. Mm -hmm. Where like, I know that that shit's real. I've seen it to some extent. Right. But also like, they do it so perfectly. It, every little beat is so like, of course this is what they would do. That it it flies into the realm of like, uh, disbelievability for me. Mm. Mm. As stupid as I guess that is, that's how I, right? You know? Because it what what that that opening scene takes like three of the worst arguments that a family has had, and it makes them all happen <laughs> right at the same time. Yeah, basically, it, we, it weaves them in expertly to to its credit. Right, and it and it's like if you've never been at your friend's house and heard heard his dad say, you know how I know. That you're your mother's kid because you're a fucking idiot just like her. Like, if you've never just, like, seen that, you've never just been, <laughs> been, you know, like, oh, I better I better shut up. I better like, keep quiet because I don't want to get caught that crossfire. Right. Th then, then, you know, like, that shit they're screaming at each other seems probably is just insane, yeah. you know? Like, I, I could totally see someone thinking, like, no one would ever say this right or or like oh it's like okay what what so like the stepdad's hitting on this hitting on like the hit you know the stepdaughter yeah, yeah and it's like eh, it's a thing like and this is way before the the faux cest like porn thing like this was in 2007 <laughs> right you know like oh let's film let's just film a normal porn and then give it a title and say that that's it's stepbrothers or whatever yeah um this is way 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 before that yeah. Um, uh, so, but well, I think it was probably around. It just wasn't well known. But, yeah, it, but, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't unavoidable <laughs> in the in the in the pornscape. Yeah, you know, uh, underground. It was the real shit. Now it's just in the mainstream. Halloween. It's like live pissing in the mainstream. <laughs> Bring it back around. Oh. It all comes back to Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn my head. Uh, <laughs> the, the, we, we, you know what? I, I just, I just had the best idea I've ever had. We got, we got to change the total format. And this is just, I mean, people have podcasts that are just about like a certain series yeah, yeah. or a certain. This is, this is the live cast. We're just gonna every, every episode <sighs> is. Oh, hold on. Excuse me, guys. I got to pick up Robert's eyes. They rolled out of his head. 
I gotta. Well, it, I, I just, it's gonna be a real shame when on the live cast I die. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a real bummer for the uh, trajectory of the show. Oh, man, but I need to educate you <laughs> about all the all the all the grace oh. of. <laughs> <laughs> I need some of that mouthwash you were talking about earlier. Oh, uh, it's just, uh, can you can you chemically burn my ears? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a film in my mouth and my ears. <laughs> uh, how violent is it? Did Rob Zombie direct that film? <laughs> but yeah, we could just oh, e e everything we talk about. Like this is this is death metal through the eyes of Ed Kowalczyk. This is. Like, can we make pretentious pseudo spiritual death metal? Can can. What 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 kind of video game music do you think Ed would like? Like all all every every episode is is a hypothetical. It's the Ed cast. Maybe we can get Ed on as a guest. That yeah man. What, what's he doing these days? What's he? Yeah 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 yeah. Hopefully not making music. Oh no, I'm kidding. I would never say that. Um, I would never mean that. That that's a really terrible thing to mean. I can't say I would never say it because I just said it. Yeah, true. Um, that's kind of a contradiction. But uh, hopefully he's not hitting on girls. I mean, there, there's been no allegations of him. Of you know what I mean? Well, he did. Yeah, I mean, they probably just walked away. It was so <laughs> fucking lame. It was like this isn't even offensive. Like <laughs> I can't. I can't. Don't even feel like I can get mad at you. You're so you're so bad at this. That's, did you just show me your chest hair? <laughs> the oh. one chest hair you had. Oh, isn't that nice? Mm, um, it's like, hey, Stacy, eyebrows is over here hitting on me again. <laughs> um, Does he have that rat tail still? <laughs> that was like twenty years ago. I'm not interested. Uh, no, but he, he's talking about. Oh, uh, did he find Jesus again, or did he? Or is he off of that bandwagon now? Um, Mm. Oh God, I feel I feel like I'm putting a lot of negativity out in the world right now. I don't really feel good about it. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it's, it'll do that to you. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyway, but but uh, yeah yeah. So we we did a we did a whole at my behest a whole deep dive into the the the, the whole the whole live thing. Ed cast. Uh, yeah. So a few episodes ago. Uh, and so, and 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 I'm, I ha you know, live has made some of my favorite top, like top, maybe not top ten, no, I probably top ten, like favorite tip top fucking records of all fucking time. So so all, every criticism that I give comes from a place of love, and and, and initial and, love, and <laughs> and then betrayal and grief <laughs> and and confusion, the the stages of of loss, yeah. Uh, when you lose one's life. <laughs> oh boy, um, Ed. What are we gonna do with you? So what we've been talking about, uh, is this like we did two episodes where we talked about video games. Yeah. And then we did two talking about death metal. Yeah. And stuff. And so I wanted to kind of revisit those, or or, or an aspect of those, in a sense. Just because I, there was something um, I feel like we missed, in a sense, uh, especially on the last one, mm -hmm. which was the um, the why, and, and 
so what I mean by that is is because what I think is so interesting and what I think is interesting about you and I as a case study of, of exploring our different tastes and our different tangents is because we start in such a similar place. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at our initial playlists, there's literally like four of the same songs on there or something. Maybe not four, but there's a lot of the same artists. It was very clear that you and I started in a very similar place musically and there was so much overlap and then we were in a band together for like 10 years and then we were in another band together and so there's and if anything during that time like a lot a lot of our uh influences would have converged even more like at some point it was just like a line right right it's yeah 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 because that's kind of what happens when you you know share a vehicle with people you're driving around the fucking state is you're kind of you you, you're gonna find what you're gonna you're gonna listen to a lot of what you all can stand (laughs) and so whatever that is you're gonna listen to a lot of that true and uh, so i think it's i think it's really interesting to sort of consider the factors as to why i kept going down this extreme metal death metal rabbit hole and and you were like nah, right? You know, um, or even I mean, even to a certain extent of why. Not that these are two things that you should put in parallel, but you know, like I, st- we had a similar experience with video games, up to a certain point, right? And then I'm like nah, I'm good, no more video games for me, you know. And so even and I, I don't know, like I I think that that's that's sort of interesting to consider like what is it about our different personalities or our different temperaments or our different interests mm-hmm. that 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 makes me not be able to get enough of death metal of extreme metal and for and for you to only listen to it when i make you <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm yeah that's a good question <laughs> so, 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 do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, hmm, hadn't thought about that. I guess my initial, th- no, I guess I'm not even initial thought really. Uh, because if we're talking about, I guess I'm kind of going back to like turn of the century time, mm-hmm. like around 2000 ish. Right, right, right. Because that's sort of where the, the 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 pivots happen is in the late 90s and 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 that 2000 of of when you would have been exposed to those things by then. Right. But would have but would have been well. That's as much of that as I need. You know, or that, you know what I mean? Strapping Young Lad is as much of that thing, or Mashuga is as much of that thing, or whatever. I, I think, honestly, it is, like, the reason I think that kind of music, that kind of extreme metal music didn't grab me is because so much of, I guess, what I, a combination of what I had heard up to that point and what I just perceived it as, mm-hmm. as a whole, was just something that was something which is something that we touched on in the last episode i think which was like actively off-putting to me Mm -hmm. which is like 
the vocal stylings mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. like the grating nature of some of the music. Mm-hmm. Not, and I think that's why strapping uh, and I guess to a lesser extent, Meshuggah were such like uh, eureka moments for me with that was like, cause strapping, like strapping is like, uh, it's objectively just, hmm. It's so, the production is a huge part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just so well done at every turn. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's done to a click track, you know, um, it has Gene Hoagland on drums, which is yeah. automatically going to, going to kind of raise the consistency and the intensity of it. And Devin has a completely different approach to, to riff writing in that genre mm-hmm. and to, uh, vocal extreme vocals in that in that genre which exactly. is interesting because i remember hearing him saying in an interview he's like i wanted to sing like morbid angel but i couldn't <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. i had to figure out this this thing that i do right you know i mean there were, i think with with both of those examples also uh with strapping and mishuga there was like a, a certain irreverence as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. uh devin outwardly you know and it uh explicitly like on purpose he was doing that he was being that way right mishuga just like you watch them and they're just like being kind of goofy. Right. They're just like, kind of being themselves and kind of weird, but they're playing some of the most technical shit you can imagine. There, there is something deeply irreverent about Meshuggah, like the new Millennium Cyanide Christ video. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Of, and it, something very alluring about that. And like, yeah, I can get behind this. Of, yeah, because the, they're, the music, the, the complexity of the music that Meshuggah was making, because there, there, there's levels, right? Like there's, they're sort of okay. Well, we're gonna take the, we're gonna take the language of a certain music, and then we're going to put in a lot of complicated words and a lot of long sentences. Yeah. That's maybe like uh, you think of like uh, Dream Theater, right? Or maybe some of the technical death metal bands. Mm-hmm. If 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 anyone's listening is familiar with that kind of stuff, I love that shit. You know, like Obscura and. And first fragment and and um, you know all that stuff, mm-hmm. but that's still sort of using the it's using the, the the language, but adding complex pieces to it. Yeah. Meshuga uses a different language. <laughs> you know, Meshuga and, and yeah, Meshuga's like especially listening to Meshuga in the '90s. It was like listening to music from another planet. It really was. Yeah, it was just so far beyond <laughs> anything, uh, both beyond and just like apart from. Because mm-hmm. it was like nobody's playing things this technically proficient that I've heard. I'm sure there was stuff out there, uh, but also it's just they're doing it in such a way that it doesn't even seem like this other kind of kind of music. Right. Right. And and uh, so. And and I have like sort of like a little pet theory, um, or concept about that sort of thing that that it's almost like you have dials, on the complexity of music, and so maybe, and and you can't go, you can't dial all of them up, right? So you can't have complex rhythm, complex meter, complex melody, right? Complex uh, lyrics because then it's just like a. a of, goo- of goulash, of right. mishmash, it's indistinguishable. Right, and what Mashuga does brilliantly is they say, okay, well, we're going to have very complex rhythm and meter, 
in a sense. In a sense, you could say that they don't have complex meter if you want to if you want to do that. But fuck you, um, don't be a don't be don't be a doof. <laughs> you know, um, that's twenty six like that's twenty six sixteen over four. Like that's still still call it twenty six. Okay, we don't <laughs> every all of my sugars in four four. <laughs> no, that's dumb. Uh, that because that doesn't help you understand it. You know, right. like, okay, this is a cycle of seven that loops over, uh, you know. That'll help you bang your head to it. Like, you just go yeah, like yeah, this like, the whole time, but there's way more going right, on. Right, like, like, this is a cycle of seven that, that that loops four times, and then there's four more beats at the end of it so that it rounds up to be 32, and you have, you know, so, but you yeah. still need to understand it as seven, I feel, or know that it can be, whatever, I'm, uh, But there's no, there's almost no no melody. Yeah. In their music. And there's almost no tempo changes. Yeah. yeah. And and so they've they dialed the complexity way down on those elements so that they could just push the other ones to 11. Right. And then when they do use those things, it's like, oh, wow, they did it's, that. It's insane. They did right? a little melody there. They did a, a, a double time thing here for a split second. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, it's and like the, a treat. It's like a nice treat for you. And it's and so that allows their music to have a, a hypnotic quality that yes. that a lot of heavy music, almost no other heavy music really has. I think that's actually a big part of what I like about it. Uh, and I, I've thought about that before, but that's yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's, I saw them live, I guess, back in twenty. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> when they were touring for Violent Sleep of Reason, and I tell you, man, that that live show. This is one of the most intense crowds ever that I've like ever been a part of. And you would think, because normally the how much you enjoy a metals a metal show is often directly proportional to how well you know the songs. Because typically stuff sounds like a wall of shit. And yeah. but that's not how this Meshuga show was. And like you didn't need because when you listen to it, you listen to it on your headphones or you listen to it at home or whatever, there's a there's an intellectual quality to it. But when you're seeing it live and the light show is synced up, because the light show looks how their music sounds. Yeah. Because Thomas's cousin is there playing the light board like it's a fucking instrument, <laughs> which is insane. Like that stuff's not programmed. There's a dude back there going, you know, click, 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 click. Fucking you know? wow. Um and but when you're feeling that music, you know, at that intensity, it, it becomes it goes from being very cerebral to being extremely visceral. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and it's like it's like you don't like you don't go to a you don't go to like a dance club, you know, and you're like, oh, well, I don't know this song. I'm not dancing. And that's how sort of how that Meshuggah show felt like there's and it's so fascinating to me that they arrive at that place by playing some of the most technically demanding music right like coming from that exact opposite direction of what you just described then yeah right that that that, that is that is the fascinating you know yin yang of that band is that we're going to you know we're like we're going to make music that we sit and write at a computer we with no concept of how we're going to humanly execute this. Right. And then somehow this music ends up getting the mo some of the most visceral 
raw human physical reaction of any music. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's probably directly a direct result of that scaling back of those other attributes of it. It absolutely is. Because the, the stuff that they keep is the stuff that, that affects you that way. Right. It's, right. it's that pulse that, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and so I, I think that, I think that there's, there's sort of an aspect of that and, um, or even strapping and lad is because the riffs, I remember us sort of when we were writing with all severed and stuff way back in like 2005 ish or whatever, us sort of having this aha moment of <clears throat> that they don't, basically they don't do what fear factory does, which is whenever, you know, jeans playing, you know, the guitars are not going diggity gat, diggity gat, diggity gat. They're going duh-gat, 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 or whatever. That the, the guitars are a lot less rhythmically complex. And that, yeah. that, that, is a, that is one of the sort of the secret ingredients, I think, to Strapping Young Lad's music that makes it, makes it more digestible. Or, or maybe digestible isn't the word, but it, it makes it stand out. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of the same effect as what you're describing with Meshuggah. It, it, like, there's because with so much of of the other music that has been on the playlist so far, like there's just so much going on all the time, right? And that, like, you need to have uh, yeah, there's like a tension and release, and if you have all tension, <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the way to say it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I will say this too, in regards to Strapping Young Lad, is that, you know, like Strapping Young Lad's music back then and in certain moments now, well, well you know, it, it pulls emotions out of me. It, 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 it brings me to tears and, and, and no other, like I, I, I'm not brought to tears while I'm listening to Suffocation or Nile. You know, so so strapping on that always was was a it was a pathway to those things, but it was all always SYL was always very different to me. And that was one of the things I love so much about SYLs, because it was heavy like all this other stuff, but it was so emotional. Yeah, it had like heart to it. It had a soul to it. Right. Well it it didn't have that detached metal thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it and I I think that's that's one of the things that makes him so unique. Yeah. Uh, and so, so then I guess sort of the the the. So, to pivot a little bit. In this style, because I think maybe one of these aspects might be how we approach our instruments, and so you as a guitarist and how you approach guitar versus me as a drummer and how I approach drums. Because if you were going to dig into, because it's like, well, where are you gonna hear the craziest fucking drumming? You're gonna hear it in fucking death metal and black metal. Yeah. And so what is, now, I mean, of course you hear crazy guitar playing, guitaring, you hear crazy guitaring in those genres as well, but I don't think that's what brought you to the guitar no 
No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, like there are people who what they want out of playing guitar is to be the just play the fastest they can or the most aggressive or the most technical or the most uh, mm-hmm. like cram as many notes as you can in here and make them all fast and palm muted. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, that's never, that wasn't what I ever, I mean, it, again, that has a place. Yeah. And yeah, we did yeah, do yeah. that sometimes because it had like, it, it's a, it's a push and pull. It's a, it's a tension and release. It's right. There's a time and a place for that. Doing it all the time is not, Good. It doesn't sound good to me. Sure. Well, so you you personally, like you as a guitarist, your personal taste and your sort of evolution as a guitarist, like what what is the craziest, like the fastest guitar playing that you were obsessed with learning how to do? Mm, fastest in what way? Because like eruption is Maybe? fast in a certain way. Maybe. You know, but, but it's not uh, like 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 what things like when you when you were sort of developing your relationship with the instrument, what things, what songs, what styles were, were did you really gravitate towards that really pushed that technicality? I mean, there was stuff like Metallica, you know, mm-hmm. Pantera and Slayer, which is just like there's a there's a hell of a lot of tremolo picking in there yeah. that you have to be able to do, but there's also just a lot of really fast. Uh, not, not tremolo picking. You have to be precise. Right. It's just very fast picking. Right. And I learned a ton of stuff like that, and love that. But those are it's in the context of songs that do other things, as mm. well. So like mm-hmm. maybe maybe fucking hostile. It's mm-hmm. got that. And like, but then it then it does other things, and then it, it goes to the halftime, and the, like, it's 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 dynamic. Mm-hmm. And same with like Metallica stuff, like the main riff to Master of Puppets is like tiring to play for like seven and a half minutes straight. <laughs> sure. But uh, there's so much else going on in that song. So to you, it's 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 all about the it, it's sort of like, OK, well, this is a cool element. But that's, that's a tool in the toolkit of of playing a fun song. But how me. does this element fit with the song? Uh, you know, yeah. like, OK, this is cool and this is fast and that, that, that that's great. But how is this? This is just a color in the palette. How does this work in the and if it doesn't work cool in here, then I don't I'm not really interested in it. Like, yeah, like I don't want I have no interest in that for the sake of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you do have an interest in for the sake of that? Like how are we like fast shit? I no 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 no. Like, is there any sort of like aspect of guitar playing that you're like, oh yeah, like you can just if you play that kind of riff, I just don't really like it. Does I, you don't even need a song? You could just hang out all that vibe, and I'm totally cool with it. Like is, is you know, is is there an element like okay, so you you only like fast technical shit if it's used effectively in songcraft, right? But is there is there something, some other element, like a certain kind of, I don't know, like bluesy stoner riffs or whatever? You're like, yeah, you can just play that on loop. I don't even, I don't need a song. I don't need that to be a coat hanger for a song. Like, just. I, I feel like it's kind of a cop out to say, like, no, because I like having all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's not a great answer. But, I mean, 
I guess if I thought about it for a while, maybe I could think of something. So what style of music can you tolerate the shittiest songs in? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Probably something, I guess like electronic music is probably the answer to that. Okay. Because there can be things, and maybe it can happen in other types of music too, but in in a lot of electronic music, what I like about it is the, uh, like the, the soundscape that it creates, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And that can come from like a synth tone mm. or just like the 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 way that a lot about tonality really okay. that can create like a, a good atmosphere and I can like live in that for a while okay regardless of like the notes that are being played or if anything's being sung and how mediocre it might be or whatever you know yeah 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 uh, so that's probably my answer I think I have a way higher tolerance for shitty electronic music or just suboptimal subpar electronic music than right. I do for subpar like rock or something sure and maybe maybe part of that comes from like well i know you're playing a boring riff yeah you have a lot more you you know you have a lot more more familiarity with it right yeah so there may be some aspect of that hadn't thought of that before though uh yeah it gets it changes when you know how the sausage is made a little bit almost certainly you know uh yeah and and so maybe maybe classical music is another one uh Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to judge that. Probably right? because of the opposite reason, which is I know so little about a lot of it. Right. Uh, but so much of what classical music does do for me, I listen to a lot of classical music. It's like, again, it's that atmosphere. It's like, I, if, if, I guess what I'll say about my taste in music generally is, and my taste in a lot of other things too, is that atmosphere and tone and like feeling does a lot for me. Mm, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. A, that's a big selling point for me. Interesting. And, interesting. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't maybe think that a lot of extreme metal has a lot of that. Some definitely does because I heard so, some of it on the fucking playlist. <laughs> so extreme metal with sort sort of tone, like like it doesn't ambience have, or what, what what did you say again? I guess like yeah, tone, like atmosphere, like atmosphere. It, it, it creates a sort of vibe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to to me to me it it, it to me there's a lot of it but it, it really kind of is it is kind of different shades on really the mashuga equation okay of sort of and i think that it's hard for us to tune out because we're musicians so we're constantly being pulled in by all the complexity of it and where it's harder for us to enjoy it mm-hmm. on that more abstract level. But Suffocation pulls that off live. Nile uh-huh. pulls that off live. Um, I, I, think it, I, I think it is there or, or some form of like of, of vibe and tone is, is being created there. It's just not the same thing that I'm looking for or thinking about that I'm paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It's just not something that I can hear. Like yeah. this is outside of my, my my aural range or sure. something like that. Sure. You know? it, it is something abstract, and it and it's not talked about a lot in the genre of death metal because it's yeah. you know death metal has a very like working class 
sheen to it. Sure. Uh, for good reason, you know. Um, but as as all as as most metal does. Yeah. Because uh, that's kind of if you want to say that like Sabbath is the roots of metal, it's it all kind of, you know what I mean. Like they worked in fucking you know what it, I think Birmingham was like a steel town or something like something just like that, yeah. some fucking dirty polluted ass fucking town. Like it wasn't San Francisco. Um, have you have you you walk down San Francisco Market Street and you step on shit every couple steps? <laughs> uh. yeah. Well, it's not. It wasn't San Francisco in, in the sixties. <laughs> In the yeah. or the lore of the lore of San Francisco in the sixties, yeah, 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 I guess, um, and 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 so so you don't typically think of of that music having a, a very a, a a very intense sort of cerebral or intellectual or meditative component, but it's there. I feel that it's there. Well, it, Sabbath is. An interesting example because that is a band that I would absolutely say does for me. I don't mean I wasn't referring to Sabbath. Okay, I was referring to death metal. Uh, I I meant gotcha. Sabbath and like okay, well these are the this is this is the roots of, of all things that we call metal. Um and and so well yeah no because Sabbath definitely has all that. Okay, not yeah no. All right yeah, never mind then. Yeah yeah no Sabbath has all that. <laughs> okay, it's very it's very clear. Yeah yeah, yeah. you know there's. Um, but I, you know, is, but, uh, oh, essentially they, other things, other bands took influence from Sabbath that wasn't that part of it and, and went other ways with it. And maybe some of it's still in there, but well, I, 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 I only brought up Sabbath to sort of bring up the sort of the blue collar element as a tangible example. Okay. And then that since it's blue collar, you don't typically think of working class that you think of working class music as being very direct right you don't think of working class music as having as having underlying underlying subtleties and complexities and all those types of things i'm not saying that it doesn't i'm right. just saying that's not how you know like you're not like oh i'm gonna listen to this country song because it's making me it's gonna make me think about composition in a deeper way that's <laughs> sure. not what you say even though it will if you fucking listen to it um, or so on and so forth, you know. Right. But um. But yeah. So 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 your turnoff of extreme metal is sort of like, you know. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not really hearing the songs. I'm not really hearing the. I'm not hearing the hooks. I'm not hearing the. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not digging this atmosphere. I'm not digging this vibe. Yeah. I mean, please tell me to, that I'm fucking wrong. Anyway. Yeah, no, like broadly, yeah, that's okay. That's a way to say it, yeah. Okay. I'm it's, sure there's more intricate stuff if I sit and thought about it for a while, but yeah. It's inter it's it's interesting. And so I think maybe a reason that I got pulled into it, I think on the surface, is drumming. Totally. I can absolutely see that. Because that's – it's the same reason that I got pulled into jazz because – if you if you if you if you get into studying the drums as instrument as an instrument, I would imagine it's similar with with guitar and maybe the blues, in a sense that if if you study drums, you're 
sooner or later you're going to end up talking about jazz. Now, why is that? That's because the drum set is a relatively young instrument and and the evolution of the drum set happened in step with the the music that was developing at the time was jazz. And so so much of what can be of the emotions that can be conveyed on the drum set so much of what's possible on the drum set has been worked out in the in the jazz idiom mm. and the things that have derived from jazz. So that's why if you are going, you know, when you when you study drums, you're going to end up you're going to end up talking about jazz. You're going to end up studying jazz sooner right. or later if you're a real student of the, of the instrument as a whole. You know, I'm not saying that if you don't play jazz, you can't play good drums. I'm fucking saying. <sighs> um, no, with what you were getting at though. Uh, yes, if that blues is that for the guitar as well. I, and, 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 and had I been like, I played guitar for a long time. I've played guitar, you know, off and on for 25 years, like basically mm -hmm. now, but never was I a student of guitar. Never did I like set myself to learn methodology or anything like that. Right. So had I done that, absolutely. Right. I'd you, be balls deep in the blues, you know? Right. So, and, and you know, like, because, yeah, because you weren't, like, hustling around trying to fucking get gigs and... Right. And, you know, you weren't doing all the all the shit that if, I was doing. Yeah, if I was... Yeah, if I was having to learn how to play with people who I didn't normally play with, that would have to be a tool in my... Mm -hmm. That would be, like, the... I'd have a mini tool set of just that, you know? Right, right, you, you'd right. You'd have to. Right. And I mean, and I've played with so many guitarists in different contexts, and it's like, it's not to say that all of them were able to play the blues well, but they, there was an awareness of it, you right. know? It, yeah. And, and, and you don't necessarily have to be able to play the blues. You just need to, like you said, be aware of it and have that knowledge as a baseline to be able to go in certain directions. Right. And and, I, and, and really what we're talking about here too, with, with this sort of like this parallel of the depths of the instrument is you're talking about what are the limits of 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 how I can ex like what are the what are the different emotions and and things that that this instrument is technically capable of, right? And a lot of that with guitar was figured out. I get I'm totally talking out of my ass here, but I would imagine is is figured out with with blues for and, Western music totally. Yeah, and 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 then like you know like the like the the 60s and 70s like rock guitar yeah. and stuff like that. Like that's whenever like the technicality of the language and stuff like that. And so with drums, a lot of that happens with jazz. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, bebop and post-bop and all that sort of stuff. And and these aren't whatever. Um so I think so I think I think that, you know, because I was so focused on drums, that was a thing that was going to always kind of pull me towards that genre. Yeah. I think, in a sense, so. I mean, like watching the the few videos that you linked last time, like Suffocation Live, like wild shit, man. If I were a drummer, I'd be all up in there. So this past <laughs> fucking week, they released a live record. Suffocation did so, and Ooh. it is so fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Uh, it's so fucking stupid good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and, 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 you know, and, and I, I wonder what other sort of, you know, what other sort of like sort of subconscious inclinations there were that sort of pulled me towards that, you know, 
um, and what sort of values and things like that. I don't know. It's 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 interesting to 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 consider. I don't know if there's an answer for it, but it's interesting. So there's another aspect. This is off. This is probably off t- off topic a bit. Maybe another tangent. Uh, I don't know. So my uh, my brother-in-law, my, uh, my sister's husband, mm-hmm. and uh, so my brother-in-law and my sister, sister and her husband. It's probably a better way to say that. My sister and her husband. <laughs> my brother's sister's cousin. <laughs> uh, are are way into a lot of the same extreme metal, mm-hmm. and have been for a very long time. Uh, and they, for a while, um, maybe not, I haven't really talked to him about it in a while, but for a while, a big selling point for a lot of music they got into was how brutal it was. Oh, I yeah, don't, sure. I never really understood what that meant or if if it meant what I think it meant, what the appeal was. Uh-huh. And I know that that's a, that's a descriptor that gets tossed around a lot in extreme metal. And I've never really, like, what does that mean? Yeah, that's interesting because, they, like, uh, there is a, a a very specific subgenre of death metal that's called, like, brutal death metal or brutal technical death metal. Okay. So suffocation is brutal technical death metal. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of uh, slam bands, which slam is – Slam dancers. Slam is a is a different is a totally different branch of death metal. I've never heard of this. Yeah, man, and Whoa, okay. and it, some of it's fucking wild. Okay, um, but it's I very, would hope so. <laughs> and so, and 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 real like there is a if if at some point we do sort of a deeper, more specific dive on suffocation. I might, I might just take an episode and I, I might just like, oh, these, might, these are like the 10 essential suffocation songs. and just give you a smaller thing that you can listen to. Digest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, digest sure. a little more. But there's one of their songs that has, it's, 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 it's known, it is known that at whatever time period, whatever time marking is the first slam. You know, okay. and the first like breakdown, the proto slam, and it's one. Of, it's 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 a, uh, it's in Liege Liege of Inveracity is the name of the song. So it's sort of like halfway around halfway through the song, but there's almost an entire genre that you could argue is built off of this one, this thirty seconds of a of a suffocation song. Damn, uh, fucking wild. But so b- brutal. So the thing about slam. And brutal. When people say brutal, is is I think I think it 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 means like visceral. Like okay. It, it's it's like it, it's 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 not. It's not a lot of not a lot of tweedlies. Okay. Okay. So, it's, you know, but it, it but it, so it's hitting you like err. Right. And and so but. Suffocation is often called brutal technical death metal because it gets that across, but the guitar playing is so fucking hard. Their their guitar playing, their riffing is so intricate. I the 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 guys the in the in the death metal slam band that I'm in, they refer to suffocation riffs as rocket science riffs. <laughs> and I like so that. 
you know, because we're talking about like, different songs to cover. And 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 I'm like, well, we could do like these these suffocation songs, you know, and they're like, they're like these uh... guitar parts are how about we do this fucking how about we do this other death grind song? And I'm like, dude, this is fucking 260 BPMs. <laughs> Like you can't, but I'm just playing two chords the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, and so like, there's a um, it. So yeah, so that that's that's sort of what's interesting about it, and and so slam is usually not very technical. From the guitar playing standpoint, it's a lot more straight. It's a lot more digestible, Uh but it's a lot. But 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 often the drumming is is very fast and very very intense. But there's not a lot of like. It's not that it's not intricate. It's that it's it, there's not a lot of twists and turns, and not a lot of you know. It, it's and so what's fascinating about a band like Suffocation is that they get that across while being very technical, right? As well, you know, like you can just totally turn off your brain and just take it in, and it's amazing. But then you start to dissect it, and you're like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" And right. that's why okay. that's one of the reasons that band is so fascinating to me, and okay. and the reason that there's just an inexhaustible wealth of enjoyment for me from that band, and there are and layers to it, like so many fucking layers. I can appreciate that. And so, but yeah, so like the but the, the concept of brutal, right? You know, like it, it would I I would have we we would have to take like thirty minutes, and I could show you things that are like this is not brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is this is something that is technical but not brutal and this is something that is technical and brutal and this is the the matrices of Venn diagram circles yeah. of brutality and metal right 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 I'd be down for that honestly. so it's okay. it's a so yeah so it's it's a it's an interesting thing and 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 I, and I think also another aspect and I think I don't think we can deny this is that I'm generally my my disposition. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm much more intense than you are. <laughs> it is known. <laughs> I'd have I'd have a direct response to you, but I'm too busy being carefree over here. <laughs> Sorry, the, the Dow Robert. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely granted. Yeah. And so I wonder, you know, that you could say that that that's it has aspect, to have, that has to be yes, totally, know. totally. Um, I, I didn't start to really appreciate sort of stoner and doom metal and things like that until like the past few years. I, ha- I had to like, I had to get past 30 before <laughs> I could get as calm as you were when you were, you know, 17 or something. Um, 20 maybe. I was like, oh, yeah. you know. old man, old calm man over here. Right. The fucking the Zen of Robert. So. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so that was just something I just kind of wanted to, I thought was yeah. interesting. That I, I I wanted to I was like I was like th- that I sort of remembered all of a sudden I was like oh yeah that that's kind of why this format I think is so interesting yeah. is because we are so different in our in the in our musical tastes and and I mean first of all we're both very prolific consumers of music we we consume a lot of music but we're both it's very very different. Yeah, and to consider that we grew up in houses where our parents listened to almost the same exact fucking music. <laughs> yeah, and that we were in bands together, and yet we, you know, we listened to so much music that the other person has just never even heard of. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and so I think that's really fascinating, and it, and 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 that sort of that's def- a great point. Yeah, 
So, um, like that's that's the sort of thing that I've uh, like idly thought of, but mm-hmm. never really considered. Right. Uh, like what would what would actually be my answer to that question? So that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like um, because I guess like that's sort of I in a way that is sort of the subtext of this of this podcast journey thing of this topic of that I'm so interested in is sort of what what forms your musical taste you know like what um you know on a surface on, on one level it's just I just really like I just love talking to people about music that they're into yeah <laughs> and yeah. then and then the other level is I like I love talking about the music I'm into and then the <laughs> other level is I I I wonder what what factors, what cultural, what psychological factors sort of affect these things, you know? Like, is it just, like, I remember you talking about this on one of the first episodes of just a a chance encounter with something that that, that happened to have a huge impact on you, you know, and change the trajectory of your tastes or something. I think you told a story about being in El Burrito and hearing Tears for Fears or something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... Yeah, that's just what, like that planted a seed that didn't really sprout for like 15, 20 years later mm-hmm. when that music kind of came back around in a weird way. Right, 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 right. And, or, you know, I think wh- wh- whoever, whoever was working at Thrifty Foods in Dayton and whoever decided that they should stock Metal Maniacs. Right. Whoever did Man. that. Who the fuck would that have been, I wonder? I don't know. Because it wasn't Dale. Because <laughs> <laughs> you worked there. I did work there. Dude was fucking uptight. As, anyway. Whoever was, whoever made that decision, I, who I am as a person. Like, you're responsible for about, like, 30 to 40% of my personality. <laughs> look what you've done. Look what you've, look what you've done. <laughs> what have you wrought? And because so much of of my musical influence came directly from the issues of Metal Maniacs that were released from like 1996 to to 99, Man. to you know. So I'm dead fucking serious, like so much. <laughs> and I mean, in a certain sense, a lot of a lot a lot of you know the things that you picked up from me were from that as sure. well. Like that that's how strapping and glad came into the four. That's how that's you know, um, or all that all that other stuff that I was into. Yeah. And and it's just that like how fucking random is that? How crazy, you know, that that that's what are the odds? Right. You know? Right. A place like that Cares introducing fucking you to- metal mania cause yeah. so this is the thing too, for those who don't know, metal maniacs was very different than a lot of uh, magazines in the sense that they were they were very opinionated and so they would if a, if if a reviewer thought a record sucked they'd say that it, they thought it sucked and and usually most magazines kind of function as this sort of you know they're, they're just an extra layer of promotion like a consumer guide yeah yeah rather than opinion right right and metal maniacs was was it was very clear that oh well these are these are fans these are avid fans and they care deeply about this music and 
And so it just it just always hit different than Hit Parader, Metal Hammer, or Metal Hammer is the one I was thinking. You of, know, yeah. or even Guitar World or all that other stuff. You know, so yeah. Well, cool. So the actual topic of today, <clears throat> yeah, is part three. Yeah. So the the flip side of that that question was video games. And yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. And, and we'll kind of talk about that in this context here. So, <laughs> yeah. part three. Part three. Uh, so. The initial setup was going to be like a decade, three decades, but there was so goddamn much music in this like three to four year period uh-huh. that I was like, I had to split this off into its own. You have no idea how difficult it was to call this list down is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm, I am, I am grateful. Oh, I'm, I'm great. Uh, well, okay. well, okay. Hold on. Come out right. What I mean is, I, 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 I am, I am deeply appreciative of the work that you did, um, because this, this one, I actually ended up listening to this playlist through like twice. Uh, so sort of cool. once, sort of passively, and then a second time, more actively, and making notes and whatnot. So I, I appreciate all the work that you put into it. Thank you. So, so this is a very brief period, really, 2009 to 2012. Yes. And um, so... So a big part of the reason that this period kind of has a lot going on is that this is a little bit after... So 2009, the, the 360, Xbox 360 has been out for four years, and the PS3 has been out for three years, I think. 05 and 06. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were sort of where uh, indie games started becoming a real thing. Uh, uh, they they kind of always had been in the background, very, very scant few since like 2000 or so. And hell, I'm, and back into the 90s um, in a different way. But they really became a, a thing that you could set out to do and be successful with. And so some of the games on here are like one to two man teams Uh, in a way uh or maybe a couple more uh but like one one person's vision guiding a small project is basically what it boils down to um and that just wasn't really a thing much before which is very different than uh you know like a fable or something 500 person studio making a game like assassin's creed 1500 people on a game Wow. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I have no concept of how this industry works. It's it's only gotten more weirdly more diverse in that sense, but also uh, more consolidated at the same time within each of those uh, pillars, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, that's that's the reason for this time period kind of blowing up like it did. I see. A lot of indie games came along that were able to produce like high quality I see. Uh, games and soundtracks in some cases. Well, in the, and that was something that sort of, you did something different on this, which is you, you sort of included uh, links to YouTube videos of the gameplay. Yeah. Which was really, really helpful because it, it really felt on this one that a lot of this gameplay was very unique. Yeah. That yeah. It, it wasn't... It was outside of my normal, oh, this is a side-scroller, this is a first-person shooter, this is an RPG, or, you know, the things that I would have been exposed to on, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, or early, early, PC, stuff. early PC gaming. For sure. You know, pre, 
pre-96 PC gaming or pre-98 or whatever. Yeah. And so, so, turns out video games have come a long way since Pac-Man, as they say. <laughs> well, I, I played past Pac-Man. <laughs> I played Pac-Man. I played Doom. Yeah, man, I was really into Quake, okay? I had Quake 2. I bought Quake 2. Uh, poor bastard. Poor bastards. I, motherfucker, I, I played Heretic. I own and, Heretic And on Blood. Yeah, and Hexen. Um, yeah, oh, Hexen. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, if it was a first-person shooter, I was like, please, yes, anything. During that time period. Or during, you know, the, the, the late 90s or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, kind of with what we were talking about before, so what do you think... Never mind. We'll finish with that question. Okay. We'll come back to that. Um, so the first one on here is a game called In Momentum. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the game. Uh, so I guess these aren't in any particular order mm -hmm. of like chronology or anything like that. I put these in order of what I thought would work best for a playlist this time. Oh, okay. Okay, Brad. Uh, very specifically. Um, so uh, this is a game that I don't think a lot of people even really knew about. Uh, I think I got this soundtrack in a bundle of indie games and soundtracks that I bought okay. at some point for like big discount. And you just got a bundle of shit. And this was in there. Uh, and the game itself is kind of... Uh, it's like you're running through some sort of abstract spaces, some sort of parkour stuff going on. You're jumping from these plat these floating platforms, mm -hmm. and you can do like a wall jump if you hit the wall right. And the whole uh -huh. goal is to like run, is to have like a fluid line through this uh -huh. environment and get these collectibles, and you have to turn and shoot things to release other platforms for you to be able to run on further, that sort of thing. So it's like a, it's a fluidity okay. uh, is sort of the name of the game there. Um, it feels kind of all right. Like it, that sort of mechanic has been done way better since then. Oh, okay. Interesting. It, okay. So That's this was kind of, sort of like one of the earlier versions of that. As a game, it's kind of fine. I didn't like it all that much. But the soundtrack uh, has this very like like ethereal quality to it in mm -hmm. a way. Okay. Because uh, like what's there, you can just extrapolate that out to a bunch of other types of that same music. And that's the whole soundtrack. Okay. Uh, there's like some some uh, sort of airy female vocals that are like, uh, 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 what are you trying to say? They've got like effects on them. What is the, there's, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, and whatever. Are we not talking about reverb? Talking about I guess. They're, they're, there's a term for this that I'm trying to think of, but uh -huh. whatever. They got effects on them. That works. Okay. Um, and just sort of some basic electronic, like, beats and mm -hmm. instrumentation, some synth, but also, like, some strings. Some, I see. Some, some cellos and violins and stuff like that. It was really... I thought the music was really cool. I mean, I thought all this music was really cool. Mm -hmm. And... But the gameplay... When I was watching the gameplay... And, and how I felt watching a lot... Not all of it, but a lot of this gameplay was like, man... A lot of the games that I got into playing are really passive compared to all this. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because well, I got, you know, I played like a lot of Skyrim and like Fallout and Bioshock and stuff that has very, that's like intense and then a lot of 
a lot of walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then intense and a lot of walking around. Not not well, sustained activity. Not sustained stimulus. Not not like not something that you get really engrossed in and have to really focus on what you're doing. Sure. I'll, like, and, I'll, like a Fallout or a Skyrim, you can like do a little bit and then just put it down and it's whatever. Right. Or if you're in the middle of something, you just pause it. And then you and you pick it back up with very little, right? You know, I when I was watching sort of the cliffs for like in momentum or something, I was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stop midway. Yeah, you're like, not gonna be in the middle of this jump in this bank and be like, well, hold on, let me let, let me grab myself a few cookies and let me let me push play and finish this jump. Right, you right, know, right. that's not how that and it, and it and it and it sort of reminded me of just sort of oh yeah there's a whole different universe of different styles of gameplay than sort of the very narrow ones that i got wrapped up in yeah when we, when we get to the well if you consider the bonus part to be the end of the list when we get to that point that will come very full circle excellent so. excellent and so on the track uh, so uh, uh, i made some notes about the the, the, f the track flyover yeah and so what I thought was interesting about it is that it uses a three over two motif really effectively in some different ways. So, you know, three over two just, just means like if you have like your one, two, you know. Yeah. You know, and there's lots of different ways that you can use that, right? And so there's, and so it's, it's happening. So there's a little background rhythmic figure that's happening around the 45 second mark. Yeah. Where... There's like this kind of like, you know, let me see if I can remember. It starts, it starts sort of on like beat two, but it's like this kind of like, 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 uh, it's got that kind of, but uh, it's a one. That it's it's like that. It's it's it's. I think it might be shifted over a beat or something like that, but it's that kind of thing. And yeah. so that figure, like that. You know, like that is a, it's sort of a, a, a modulation, you could say, of a, of what's called the tricio rhythm. And so the tricio rhythm is a basic three over two rhythm where it's sort of a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. So a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. But you don't have to always start that on the one, you know, so right. you, you can, so, you know, you can start on the upbeat like that, like a one, you know, you know, and all, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just a, it's a, it's so effective to use those kind of motifs and I always get really tickled when someone uses them really, really well. <laughs> and this, right. whoever put this music together did it very, very well. And it also shows up sort of in the melody that starts around the 52 second mark, you know, where, because a, a lot of times when you're doing those sort of things, they, they will resolve after one bar. Right. Right. Like, you know, one, two, you know, you know. But this, the the way the melody is, is it kind of, it starts off doing something like that, and then it continues. Like it, it takes like two or three bars to resolve, and that's, that's yeah. stuff's just, it's just there's just so it's it's there's so many layers of complexity to this music, 
and all, all of it, yep. all of it. Like this is just one specific example, and that, that's just something that I don't know, man. It's just so interesting. I'm able to see that complexity because I know a lot about rhythm. Yeah, but I think there's just there's other there's just as much complexity. I think harmonically. And and or the voicings of chords that are being used and 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 there's there there's some of, when we get to some of this shit like I want to I wish I could have an expert in here to tell me why, how why it's <laughs> why it's as fucking weird as it is so but yeah so anyway so there's that game yeah uh, that, that that soundtrack does a really good job of of making you even though the game itself I think doesn't do a great job of making you feel like what they want you to be feeling like mm. like having this this fluid path through this area, through this environment. I think the soundtrack does that very well. I think you're absolutely fucking right because I think that that was something that I noticed a lot through almost all of these is that the music drastically seems to change the experience of the gameplay. Yeah. For all of these, all of these. Like the way, like if I watched it without the sound on, the how I felt about what I was seeing totally. or the music that I imagined happening and then I, I turn the sound on and I hear the music that's there, it, it makes me feel completely different. Three million percent, yes. And oftentimes that juxtaposition is almost this like psychedelic feeling that I want to unpack later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then the next one is a game called uh, Sword and Sorcery. Yeah, which you, I believe, are familiar with. I'm deeply familiar with this, actually. I thought so. I uh, almost didn't put it on this list because I knew that you listened to this a lot. So I'm so glad that you did not do that. Yeah, it's fucking good. It's so fucking <laughs> it's good. so good. Now, uh, I'm very familiar with the soundtrack. I'm very familiar with the album. Right. I have never seen a single frame of gameplay. Yeah, I thought and, not. Until I clicked on this. <laughs> and, I, and I have to tell you, I cannot make fucking heads or tails of what the fuck of what you're supposed to do in this game. Well, that's fair. It 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 did remind me the vibe, I guess, a little bit. It did remind me of the old, uh, you know, the old Sierra uh, King's Quest games. Sure. You know, like King's Quest four and and five a little bit. I think there's probably some DNA there in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some there's some inspiration there for sure. So so what the fuck is the point of this game? <laughs> it's a, it's like a, it's a playable story, really. Okay. There's not a lot of gameplay. There is some gameplay. Um, this originally came out on uh, iPhone, I think, an iPad. So it was a, oh, it was a mobile game. So it was like okay. a tap on the screen. Oh. Because if you look in the gameplay, sometimes a circle shows up. Yeah. And it's somebody tapping in an area and the character walks there. There's right. no direct control. Right, right, right. I, I, I gathered that. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you can come across like a wolf or some shit and you go into like a little battle state. And you click a thing, and a thing happens. But okay. there's really not a lot of interaction there. Um, so there's like a world that you have like areas that you can walk down. Like there are paths, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe it's like an adventure. Like it's a King's Quest. It's like an adventure game. So you need to get, you need to go here and do a thing to be able to go here and do a thing, or you need to get a thing from here and take it here. Okay. You need to talk to this guy so he does this thing for you. I gotcha. That sort of thing. But okay. It, uh, but it's. It's story heavy. Like the, the the reason you're playing this is for the story and the atmosphere and the music. In this case, is a I big see. part of it. I see. Uh, but you're like you're not here for the the exciting Twitch gameplay or anything like that. I you see. Know? So uh, it's very sedate. It's very like very chill. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've never. I didn't play a whole lot of the game myself. 
Gotcha. Just a bit of it here and there. Enough to know that I loved the soundtrack and then I listened to the soundtrack a lot. <laughs> right. So because this time period, 2009 to 2012, we were in a band together yeah. during this time period. So Living in the same house in some at one, yes, at, at one yes, point. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. For, for like six months of this. Yeah. And, and then another close friend of ours who was also in the band at, at one point with, you know, Jacob Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would always play the bass line to Lone Star. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I'm pretty sure that was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and, he would play that. And I learned the little do, 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 do. And uh -huh. yeah, we'd play that. And then eventually we had played that and you were like, what the fuck is that? And then we just played the song for you. Right. Yeah, like I practice like, one day. I was like, I gotta like <laughs> make a note of this. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that this uh, this album has been consistently in my rotation. That's really, awesome. Really, since then, yeah. So, like, I I probably listened to that album for a while. I was listening to that album very regularly, mm -hmm. and so, but it's still cool. Yeah, no, I love that fucking thing. Th this was a thing where like I I knew that I knew those first two songs were very good songs to put on a playlist, and then once I. Once I was going through the the stuff to build this playlist out of, I listened to the whole thing and I was like, I forgot how good this album is. It's so was. good. It's really good all it's the way so through. The whole motherfucker is really good. Um, I mean, I guess we could say like it's it's. I don't think there's any live instrumentation. I think it's all electronic. Mm. But it's it's a, like a lot of a lot of synths, a lot of like uh, electronic drum beats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's electronic. That is another interesting sort of theme with this is that all of this music does feel very electronic, whereas on the second... A lot of it does. And to me... The biggest chunk of this playlist is absolutely not. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep talking. Then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so... Well, I'd take that back. Not absolutely not, but mostly at, not. Well, whereas... I remember us talking in the second episode where because of the games being on like PS1 and being on CD that that allowed for them to have actual music. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you would hear like a real fucking guitar solo. Yeah. In that first playlist, there was a very clear dividing line between like here's some early ass 90s synth and then here's like CD quality synth MIDI audio right right or or actually recorded vocals or recorded right. guitar or recorded drums even right and it wasn't just like a shitty voice sample like the double dribble dude <laughs> yeah. double dribble right and it, and it almost feels like this overall but I, I think it's just because it's a lot of indie games and so you know and in you know like they weren't if you're if you're like a developer and like you have three other dudes, you're not gonna pay like ten thousand dollars in studio costs. Right. Like you're gonna you're gonna pay one dude to do it all in his bedroom, you know. Yeah, you're oh. not gonna get an orchestra in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And this isn't a knock at the quality of the music, but just sort of right. Because you know, it was a lot easier to make better sounding music in your bedroom in 2010 than it was in fucking 1990. Totally. Like the tools were there at that point. Right. And so, uh, so the next one is the Binding of Isaac. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you thought about any of this. Oh, good. So I was already familiar with this game. <laughs> oh, were you really? I was. Okay. Because I had heard an episode of the Duncan Trussell Family Hour in which he interviewed the guy who designed the game, Ed McMillan. Yeah. So, and I heard that 
that that was probably like five years ago, oh, six years or something like that. And I thought it was really fascinating. And okay. I tried to to track down a way to play the game, but I wasn't able to play it maybe because I had a Mac or some bullshit like that. Maybe. Um, or I I don't I don't know why. I don't know how I don't know what happened in between me being inspired to like, well, let me check this fucking <laughs> game out and me not checking it out. I don't know what happened. Maybe you Googled it and realized you needed another program or like, fuck that shit. Right. No, what's a Steam? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe it was $20 and I didn't fucking have $20. Or maybe valid also. Um, no idea. Okay. And, and so, so I was already familiar with the tone of it because he talks at great length about it and whatnot. interesting i'll have to go find that yeah and um and so the gameplay of it is like a demented zelda basically yeah because like in the in the early zelda games in the nes and like link to the past and stuff you go from discrete room to discrete room right and there was a thing to do in that room to go to the next room yeah yeah it's, it's yeah exactly that yeah and it's the same sort of vantage point yes it's uh, super inspired by zelda and so, but the thing about this one is it's called the binding of Isaac and, you know, like as in the biblical story of Isaac and whatnot, which, uh, so are you familiar with, you know, here, vaguely? And there, here and there? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I might, I might fuck this up a little bit because I haven't, I haven't thought about it in a while. Mm. I, I, I'm not not up on my, my Bible lore. And uh, so, but let's see. I mean, more so than I am. Yeah, so, so. basically, this, uh, here's, the, here's the story in broad strokes. I'm pretty sure it's Abraham that it, it, that it that is Isaac's father. Yeah. So God's like, hey, Abraham, I'm not sure you fucking love me enough. And Abraham's like, but what are you talking about, fucking God? I'm motherfucking Abraham. Like, you know, what do you mean? Of course I fucking love you, God. And, and God's like, you know what? Very I'm casual not, this conversation. I'm was. not. I'm not sure, Abraham. You know, I need you to. I need you to demonstrate your love for me in some way. I need you to prove it to me. You know what? How about you take your son Isaac? And Abraham's like, oh, my son. God's like, yeah, 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 that one. I want you to take him up to this mountain. Some shit. There's a table there. I want you to fucking kill him. And then I'll know that you love me. And Abraham's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> you say so, man. Uh, whatever. And then, uh, and then, so Abraham's like, hey, Isaac, let's go, let's go up to the fucking mountain or whatever. You know, I'm going to go for a picnic. Yeah, I'm going to go for a picnic. And, uh, and then Abraham is about to fucking kill his son. And then, like, God himself doesn't even show up. Like God, God himself doesn't even show. Be like, all right, Bob, all right, that's good enough. That's good enough. JK, <laughs> you know, an angel shows up. An angel intervenes and says like, hey, hey, hey you know, he's, it's God. He's, it's fine. You were really going to do it, though. Yeah. It looked, it looked like you were going to do it. Don't say you weren't. Wow. Wow, like, man. Yeah, yeah man, that's, that's, that's pretty fucking, fucking up, dude. That's crazy. Wow. Oh, uh, I wasn't even God. That was... <laughs> That was one. <laughs> that was another angel. He's like a megaphone. It sounded right. like. Yeah, he's put on the God costume. Fucking like it happens sometimes when we drink too much. So, so yeah, it like I never really thought about it till now. It's like, no wonder this fucking church crowd is like, yeah, 
send our kids to school with no mask. Our kids don't need any vaccines or masks. That proves how devout we are, how much we love God. Like, Daddy oh, no. said to do it, so we're gonna fucking do it. Oh no. Oh boy. It's like no wonder these people are like it's like, yeah, of course that's the only book you got on your fucking shelf, and you're and you're totally down with sacrificing old people and kids. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, boy. Had never thought about it like that. That's a little upsetting. Well, here we are. <laughs> so anyway, but that's the story, right? That's yep. that's the that's the so that's the name. That's the yeah. That's the subtext of the of the naming of the game. Yeah, and the the story there is mirrored in the in the in the uh, setting of the game. Right, but and so the difference is that the setting of the game is that it's his mother, and it's you know very very literal and yeah and 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 everything like that and so yeah so the game is as the intro uh, alludes to the game is is you escaping under your house from your uh from your murderous uh mother who is trying to stab you with a knife and then descending further and further down below uh until you eventually get to hell uh and okay and then and then maybe heaven and then maybe some other bullshit is down there also. I really want to play this game. Maybe there are, uh, maybe there are a lot of other characters down there. Maybe there, are, uh, you know, could be, uh, could be Kane, oh. could be Azazel, could be, oh. could be other aborted uh, uh, brothers and sisters of Isaac. You never know. Whoa, that's there's, intense. There's some fucked up shit down there, man. <laughs> That's, that sounds amazing. So for for the QT art style, it is absolutely it, it betrays what this game actually is. Sure. You know, is, yeah, is yeah, going yeah. for. I think that that's probably what the big charm of the game is. Yeah. So um, so is is heavily inspired by Zelda in the, the sort of mm-hmm. layout and the overall structure. Uh, there was also a game called Smash TV. I don't know if you remember that game. For like the NES and the, yeah, I, that sounds was, vaguely familiar. It was in the arcade. It was basically like you had a top-down view of a room, and you moved a character yeah. around. Charger, my phone's gonna die. Oh yeah, yeah. So you had like a top-down view, similar to to Zelda, but it was like waves of enemies coming at you, and you just had to shoot a lot in all directions to keep them at bay. Okay. And that's sort of what the gameplay like a, here like is a top like. Top-down Contra. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what the gameplay here is like. You're you're shooting tears from your eyes. Those are your weapons. I didn't realize that's what they yeah. were. Yeah, and so you're moving around the room, like keeping these enemies away from you as they come towards you. <laughs> so, so you're shooting, t- you're crying tears, oh. and as you go through here, you find uh, power ups, and the a big hook of this game is that it's very replayable. I myself have put. I don't know, five, six hundred hours in this fucking game. Fuck me! Over the past, like, decade. A lot of fucking time. It's very replayable. I've gotten other family members into this game as well, and they put a lot of time into it, too. It's a very good game. Uh, good or bad, it depends on, you know, what you want to take away, take away from that, I guess. Um, so Imagine your mom playing this game now. She's watched it a lot, <laughs> which is pretty funny, but... Uh, because my sister and her and her husband are way into it. I see. So, I see. Um, but so so you start out as just you know Isaac the kid, mm-hmm. go through crying and enemies to kill them essentially. Uh, as fucked up as that is, uh, you find power ups as you go, and it might be like, um, a razor blade or something that 
or it, mother's lipstick. It, or... Every, yeah. So every few tears, you cry out. A, you also cry out a razor blade or something like that. Okay. And it does extra damage to enemies or whatever it is. You find, yeah, mom's lipstick, mom's, you know, bra or some shit. Uh, all sorts of weird stuff. There are hundreds and hundreds of augments, basically. And they have synergy with one another okay. in some cases. So maybe you'll find, like, the spider shot. And it gives you extra eyes. And you shoot out four tears at once. But you shoot them slower than normal. Okay. And then maybe you find bomb tears, which turns your tears into bombs. So now you're shooting out four bombs. That kind of thing just expanded out to whatever you can imagine. The ca- And the, the, the catch visually is a lot of the stuff will show up on you. Like, so when you get the spider thing, you actually get another set of eyes. Mm. So by the, like, hours into this run, you're like some fucked up homunculus, just like oh. shit, like stitched onto you and you're mutated and you're just horrific and you're destroying wow. all this shit in your way. And it's, um, it gets to be a lot after, <laughs> after a while, let's say. But it's it's extremely it's an extremely good game. It's like regarded as you know, one of the most replayable, you know, best games of the last however many years. It's that's amazing. It's a great game uh, if you can stomach the the content, which is quite a bit to stomach to be to be perfectly honest. Sure, I so I wrote down a few notes about the the songs and so on. Divine Combat. Yeah, I was like. Damn, this is cool. Yeah, it is. And then I was like, this is the sound of whimsical dread. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And uh, um, and then on the song Greed, I was like, check out that organ. How yeah. about that shit? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's a nice, tasty organ solo. It's just a, you know? It's a fucking funky little, jazzy little beat there. And then... um. Yeah, and then and then the, on the song Atonement, what I what I wrote was I was like, this is an interesting combination of elements, sort of between because you have like the the bleeps and the bloops, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they got the creeps and the <laughs> and the cloops. Oh, uh, was in Spaceballs, you know? But I lost the blips. Oh right, the right. Bits, and the zips. God. And uh, but then you have like these sort of majestic like pads and keys like on the top of it, and yeah. and, and I and sort of like I just while I was listening, to it, I was like that juxtaposition there feels. I don't know, like there was something sort of very unique to me about those two things. Does that make sense? Do you know, do you know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was trying to think of how to describe this because this is a very weird like genre if you had to peg it as a genre. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's electronic music again, but it's like a lot of synths, uh, a lot of electronic drums and stuff like that. But uh, it feels like video game chamber music or something there is something that felt a little i don't i don't i don't want to say meta but a little self-conscious of like yes this is a video game and uh, like 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 the beeps and the boops yeah. and stuff it's like oh you play this is video game stuff but yeah there is a, a a contrast there with sort of what you know like it was using that as like a rhythmic element like a timekeeping ornamentation underneath all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. I thought it was just a really interesting, uh, you know, not co- co- compliment, I guess, mm-hmm. is maybe the word. Mm-hmm. So, and... Um, so an interesting thing about this soundtrack. So the game came out in 2011. It was built in Flash. Okay. Adobe Flash or Macromedia Flash at the time, maybe, uh, which was even then like a shitty platform to build on. But it was it was like 
free or cheap enough, and that's what they knew, and so that's what they built. Uh, and it worked well enough. It was like performance problems and all this stuff. And so for the initial release of the game, Danny Baranowski did this soundtrack. Uh, and a few years later, they decided to remake the game in a different engine mm. and uh, like make it more uh, stable, more playable, more performant. And they gave it like a graphic overhaul because if you look at this footage, it looks like everything's kind of smooth and animated looking. The remake is very, very pixelated in a way. It still mm. has a good animated look to it, but it's much more like stark in, okay. a, in a weird way. Not quite as pleasing, but I've gotten used to it because I've played that way more. Um, but when they remade the game, I guess there was some sort of a contractual dispute with uh, Danny B and the creators of the game. Mm. So that remake going forward doesn't have his music in it. So this is only the initial release of the game oh, that this no. soundtrack is in. And the new soundtrack is like, it's fine, but it's not this. Fuck. So it's a real bummer. I think there are mods you can put this music back into the game. Sure. Which I just never looked into. But uh, I've I've played the game for like what, you know, 500 some odd hours. I've probably listened to the soundtrack as much. Like, wow. It's like an hour and a, or two and a half hour long soundtrack total. Mm -hmm. I just put it on and listen to the whole damn thing. It's really, really good. That's interesting. That's, yeah, man, that sucks. Yeah. Real bummer. And Could, you never know. You when with those things, you really never know who. There's so many different ways that they, that those things can go down, and there's so many different ways that some that 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 something can be done that is intentionally unfair, mm -hmm. knowingly like a, like a, a known bad. Someone's doing a known bad, and then there's and then there's unknown, and then there's. It's like, well, you could have done something different. You could have done an extra thing to fix this, and then you didn't. So now, fuck you. I don't want to work with you anymore. Right. And that shit gets so. It's it. That that was the environment at that time, also, because, like I said, like a lot of indie developers were, were making big games that were being successful, but they didn't have any business acumen. Right. Like they didn't know what the fuck they were doing right. on some level. Right. And That's... so stuff like that happened a lot. Yeah, man. Like you don't, no one, you know, you don't want to be sitting there with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of buds in your fucking, you know, in your living room, you know, dreaming up how you're going to write, make this cool fucking thing. And then, and then, you know, and then sign some fucking contracts to, and iron out how you're going to divvy everything up in case it's successful. Right. And so, and then once, but once it starts getting successful, Incentives get weird. Motivation gets weird. You know, when once you know, at, at first it was just because we're having fun doing it, and now it's uh... right. And whoever the whoever the last person was to touch it before it was released is usually the person who has the most control over it. And then once that person's getting a check, there's a lot more incentive for them to look backward and be like, "Well, this wouldn't even exist without me," and. You know, and like, okay, well, I'll give you, well, you know, you only, you only worked on, you only spent like, you know, a week working on this music. So I'll give you, I'll give you, tw I'll, I'll give you $200, you know, or right. whatever. And, and then it's like, no, my music is instrumental to the success of this game. I deserve 20%. And, you know, and there's yeah. so many fucking ways that that shit can go <clears throat> wrong. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know who was at fault here. Uh, it's impossible to know. It's that. impossible to know. But, 
the dude, Ed, Ed McMillan's made more games. Danny B's done more soundtracks. He'll show up in the next episode again. Oh, <laughs> so, recurring friend of the pod. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, a, a wild thing on that on that tip though that happens a lot in games, and I'm sure it happens a lot in other in- industries too, is that you'll 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 find that people um, who worked on a game like say early on, or only on one little section of it, get left out of the credits mm. for the game. And these days, credits can be like thousands and thousands days of long. long. Yeah, and it's like, why bother leaving them out at that point? But it happens all the time. Mm, like, mm-hmm. uh, like this this sub team at this studio just got left out because they got cut. You know, they they worked on ten percent of the game or whatever. Right. I'm sure that happens in other industries too. But. Right. It's it's a really it's a really it's such a weird and interesting thing because you're not. Um, because the creative game is it's a gamble like you 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 just you make good stuff and you want to keep making good stuff and you or but you don't know which one of those things or you want to you want to keep playing on good records and so you you play on you know what you have the time to do that feels right you know you play on it and you hope that one of those things or so, you know one of those lands in the right way yeah but you never know what you can't predict what's going to hit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and I just imagine that it's all the more true. I imagine it's infinitely more true in the with video games or, or indie video games than it is with music because with a lot, I don't want to say all, but with a, a, a lot of music it's I might be wrong, but it, it feels like it is sort of dependent on how much. Or it's probably that's probably just with a lot of the music that I'm involved in is that it's sort of dependent on how much work is going to be put into promoting it, mm. you know, and how much, you know, like either you need to be making if you want to make a lot of money playing music, you either need to be playing music that there's a high demand for. Or you need to have time to build your audience to create a product that is unique to almost create your own demand. Mm. You know, like, like, I mean like Meshuggah, right? Think of a band like Meshuggah, like Meshuggah needed to needed time to tour and to promote, to let everyone know about like, Hey, here's this Meshuggah thing and you can only get this Meshuggah thing here. Right. And so, but they needed, you know, eight years or however many years to to of to to just make records and tour to do that. You know, they needed money to do that. Yeah. Um. And so, but sometimes you just have you may you have a sound that's just so unique that there happens to be a market for, and just right out of the gate, it's instantly making <clears throat> money. Right. You know, I guess like if we were staying in the metal world, you could say Slipknot or something, but. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, but, but, but I guess like the thing is, is that the number of people that had to, the, there weren't that many people that needed to touch a game like Binding of Isaac before it was released and playable, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
I imagine there were thousands of similar games that just didn't land. Oh, totally. For whatever reason. And so now, and then because of the way that it's distributed, now this can be downloaded and purchased tens of thousands of times or whatever. And now there's all this money. And I mean, back, back then it was less of a, it was less of a gamble if you knew you were making a game of a certain quality uh, because the market was so small. Like, mm. But nowadays, like hundreds of games come out per day. Right. And just nobody fucking sees them ever. How could you? Yep. How could how could, how could you see them all? You no know? one has the bandwidth. Right. And not, maybe, okay, not hundreds per day, but like tens per day at right, least. Right, right, right. A lot, a lot, way more than anyone could physically play. Right, yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's even stupid to put out content in such a saturated market. Hmm. I can't think of another market that's similarly saturated. No. 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 Nothing. Nothing. Well, let's not worry about that anymore. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, so the next game. What was the next game? A shatter. 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 Okay, so this fucking game. Yeah. This game fucked me up. I watched Did it really? <laughs> I watched like 30 seconds of it. I'm okay. Like, oh, fuck. Um, so do you remember Breakout? Do you know what that is? No. So it was a it was, it was the name of a game, and then it kind of became the name of that genre. So basically the deal is you got like a, a row of blocks up at the top of your screen, okay. and at the bottom you got a paddle, like a pong paddle. Okay. And there's a ball that starts, and it bounces, and you hit it with your paddle. And depending on like the physics of how you hit it, if you're moving certain direction, mm-hmm. is it like fudged, fudged physics? It's not real physics there. Uh, just what makes sense for like this sort of game that you're playing. Yeah. And the, it bounces up, and then when it hits a, bl- a brick, it breaks that brick. It comes back down. And you okay. just do that. All right, sure. And the goal is to break all the bricks. Okay, sure. This game is just an evolution of that with a shitload of style on it. Right. And like instead of just rectangular environments, there are circular ones, there are like boss battles, all this nonsense. So, so that's what this game is. So what fucked you up about this game? All right. This is going to be random. Okay. Okay. Now let me. So this is this is what I wrote while watching the gameplay. Okay. This shit is psychedelic. Yeah. Okay. And then it. So. <laughs> what and and then it starts sending me down this tangent of because earlier in the week for whatever reason I don't, I don't I don't know why but I was like okay what is psychedelic music like when people because I think someone was in a Reddit thread talking about like psychedelic jazz albums mm-hmm. and psychedelic is a weird term in music because you know what it is when you hear it but it's really hard to describe right and so I was trying to sort of. It's really more of like a vibe thing than mm-hmm. it is a style of music. Right. And so I was trying to pin down what that meant. And what I came to, the conclusion I came to, is that when you talk about something being psychedelic, is that it's distorting your perception of time and space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so in, in music, it's a, it's a song, it's a song that deviates in some way from from to where you don't know what's happening next, right? It's not it's not a verse chorus. It's like, hey, here comes the verse, here it's come back to the chorus. Okay, we're gonna take a little break and do a bridge and then we're gonna come back to the chorus. Like, right. There's that's not 
but so you know like a long a long song that goes through different motifs and to where you stop worrying you stop thinking about how much time has passed you're on the journey at that point. right and so it's yeah. affecting your perception of time you're not you know or or it can even be things that have sort of polyrhythmic you know, things like that where, like, you can't, like, get your footing on it, you know. Like, a lot of Tools music is like totally. that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the progressive rock that that, that that borders on psychedelia, you know, or a lot of the Grateful Dead stuff is like that as well. And so, and I think that video games are similar, but they can fuck with your perception of space, a lot i mean also with time but but i think that there's a lot more freedom to fuck with the feeling of space and the perception of moving through space and all of that and i think sure. that that that's what sort of it might seem odd that that's what popped in my brain for this one because this one is it's kind of a static viewpoint right but was just, it like the transitions that got you? I'm honestly not sure. I think it. I think it's just like how shit was just flowing on the screen. Okay, it's sort of, you know, it wasn't like the the, the camera movements, right? Or, okay. or the or the movement of the point of view. You know, it was it was just what was happens like, you know, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, to, to be yeah. fair, and, and 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 it was probably in combination with the music. Okay. Is probably what it was. Yeah, because these songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, because this fucking music. This fucking music. Yeah, it was because of this motherfucker right here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, I I, I remember this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way. Uh, right. So yeah, so tell so so tell me more about this game and how how sort of you got into it and whatnot. No, that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good mindset to approach this game in because this is that type of game. Like absolutely, like the songs on the soundtrack on the soundtrack are very long. This, yes. the songs are regularly like seven eight minutes on the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, because they're meant to be just playing. Yes. Dude, it's so fucking good. The whole, the whole soundtrack is this good. So if you like this, go check out the whole thing. It's I so I, good. I wrote more about these two songs than I wrote more about. Damn. <laughs> this whole soundtrack is incredible. It's it's widely known for being like one of the best soundtracks. Um. Uh, but this is a game where like you can just kind of zone out. Mm. You can do that with like Tetris. Yeah, in a big um, way. There's a game called Luminous mm -hmm. that you can do that with. It's very music-based as well um, that I've played so many hours of. It does the same thing as this game does where you just like get into a trance state and the, the fucking music's just looping forever and you're just breaking the bricks. And there's uh, also in the game, in, in addition to just using gravity or physics to move the ball, there's also this, this vacuum and, and push mechanic as well. Uh, like the ball can get power-ups sort of and you can like use your your little uh, paddle to suck it in to where 
your paddle is. Okay. But it also sucks into bricks in some cases. Okay. And then you can expel it as well. Okay. To, to sort of maneuver it around the arena. So there's this whole other aspect to it of, of like direct control in that way. All right. It gets really hard actually in, in a way that isn't maybe great in some cases. It gets really, really difficult. <laughs> so you kind of lose that zen because you're like, fuck, fuck. I see. You know. I see. Um, but it's very much that type of game where you can just like sit back and chill and let the soundtrack go and, and break some bricks. And, very cool. Yeah. It's really neat. So – what I wrote down, so the, the the first track you put on here from this game is called Argo Refinery. And it's it's like eight minutes long or some shit like that. Yep. And so the first thing I wrote down was I love the looseness and rub of the bass lead in the first half. Hell yeah. Some good ass bass in these tracks. <laughs> there really is. And then it just it it's what it's like. Cause this is the one that that like it's like some synth that comes in. It's like doing this wavy mm-hmm. shit. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's like super it's low and heavy. It's so and aggressive. It's really it, good. I think there's a specific sub sub genre of techno or something that this sort of feels like, like, like hard bass or something like that. I don't know. Fuck all anything. <laughs> I just feel like it's a thing I heard. Like there was one point in my life where I heard thirty seconds of a thing, and someone's like, "This called this," and I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." And this sure. sort of reminded me of it. Maybe yeah, okay. I don't know. I'll buy that. But I I love how sort of because it's not metronomically perfect. I guess is what I mean. But it's very consistent, and so you know, so it's a little it's a little loose. And so that gives it a lot of a lot of attitude and swagger, yeah, you know, yeah. um, to it. You know, it's not it, it's not lining up. Like there are parts where it drags a little bit. Like, yes. Doo, 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 right. Doo, doo, right. 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 Doo. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's a it's a really good and that that's something that I think is really fascinating too is that you sort of have how you can take and put. You know, have music that you made on a grid, you know, or program to a click track or things like that, and then you can put a put a track on. T- and that that like the again, it, it's sort of the thing we kind of keep talking about a lot, like the sort of tension and release, or or complexity, and like or cerebral and visceral or or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, you have a very rigid grid, but then. If that's sufficiently rigid, then you can take and put some really loose shit on top of it, and it still feels great. Right. You know. It still has to be consistent, though. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm fixing to go on a tangent. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of a rant here. Go on. Um, if you're when you're when you're going, so like from a musician standpoint, from you know, and all that sort of stuff, when you're going to sort of deviate. And you're going to, you know, you're going to play behind the beat. You're going to play this or whatever you're going to do, or you're going to fuck with your subdivisions and you're not going to play perfect 16ths or perfect triplets or whatever. You have to be consistent. Yeah. You can't just start fucking around and being sloppy and say that you're just playing with feeling. You can't just be sloppy and say, oh, it's, I'm influenced with jazz. It's my jazz influence. The music's flowing through me, man. It does yeah. what it does. Yeah, you can't. That's not. 
that's not you you it still has to you still like you can make whatever choices you want to make about how you phrase your you know you you phrase the music that you're playing but those there needs to be something consistent about it or yeah or it's not <laughs> I mean, especially if it's within the framework of a structured song, right? Because you can do whatever the fuck you want if it's just you solo going off right. and there's no structure around it. But especially if you're playing with other people, if you're playing with drums or bass. Right, 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 right. And, right, you're, right, and you're noodling on the guitar and you're going in and out of different feels and you're behind sometimes and you're ahead at other times. Right. You can't just do whatever the fuck you want and say it was just a feeling. It has to be, you know discernible it has to be followable it has to be it has to be in the vibe of the music or whatever that yeah. is right and so whatever so you know if you're going to go like if you're gonna zig while your drummer is zagging you have to sort of be able to consistently do that so that the so that the you know and y'all can do that in various ways but the center has to kind of stay the same yeah. it's got to be like two offset sine waves you know yes. like <laughs> Yes. They, have, they meet every so often. Right, 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 right. That that's I think I think there's like an interview clip of Charles Mingus describing that's how him and his drummer play together and their interpretation mm, cool. of the time right. and of the beat. It's like this oscillation that that comes Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, that's cool. And so, you know, it's not like you can't just and so sometimes when you play with uh, some some blues guitarists or some some bedroom guitarists, they because they 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 haven't spent a lot of time playing with other people, and so they they're like, I'm just gonna fucking go for it, just fuck around, and that's how I, that's when I'm really expressing myself, you know. And it's like, no, that's you're 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 just making someone listen to your bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's yeah. it's like that moment. It's when you stop, when you realize, like, oh, I'm not really having a conversation anymore. I'm just kind of ranting at someone, or I'm on a monologue. <laughs> it's 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 that. It's yeah. that, you know. And and it's not that that can't be inspired and like doesn't have its place and blah 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 blah. But yeah. you know, and also though too, if we're talking about music that is still supposed to serve some function for the audience. And still supposed to create some sort of trance, and still some sports to, supposed to supposed to supposed to or, or supposed to be some type of dance, facilitate some type of dance music. Right. You know, you can you still have to be consistent in your interpretation. That, that's maybe that's what I mean. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Is consistent in your interpretation of the time. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. You can interpret the time however the fuck you want, but you need to be consistent in how you interpret that time. What, whatever it is, it can be weird. But if you're consistent, then 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 the audience and the rest of the band can latch onto it and adapt to it. Right. And 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 it can, you know, you can't go anywhere in a in a fucking car. You can't stay in. <laughs> Like if, you, if you keep the car goes this way and you're in the and you keep falling out and you just go this way yeah 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 if you keep falling out the fucking car yeah you know that's what i mean it has to be like 
followable in that way right. by the listener or the other musicians playing with you. It has to be right and, pr- and predictable in some way. And that followable, it doesn't have to be consciously followable. It can be subconsciously sure. followable. It can have a feel to it, mm-hmm. but you got to have something there. Right. It can't. Right. It can't just be a, a goddamn Frank Zappa solo in a vacuum. Yeah. I got, I got, I got Zappa issues. <laughs> <laughs> Some people got daddy issues. I got Zappa I got issues. Zappa issues. <laughs> yeah. I got, um, I got issues with hot rats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then I wrote down some other random shit of, okay. How about that solo at 623? Uh, so, and then, okay. Now this is, this is a really weird tangent here. So, okay. And I was like, there seems to be a theme with with some a lot of this music, or or, or some of this. I don't know. This this was a little element that sort of s- stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and it's this thing where the guitar isn't overly present at all. Maybe not there. Not e- maybe not even present in capacity. And then sort of comes out of nowhere, does a really cool, absolutely essential lead or solo or something like that and then gets the fuck out again and so it's not an essential part of the instrumentation Mm -hmm. and that i feel like that kind of thing shows up often in these playlists or at least more often Mm. than you would think they would for someone who's a guitar player oh okay yeah well so i i my answer to that would be i think you're right First of all, I think it's a good observation. And I think probably the reason for that is because that there are other instruments present here, electronic or live, whatever, that fill the same role. Of course. A lot of times. Of course. Uh, you know, like a, a synth can be playing a part that fills the same, uh, like, frequency spectrum role of that course. a guitar does, you know? Right, right. They're living in those same notes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which that was... As as uh, as someone who doesn't play a melodic instrument, that was one of a that was a really interesting thing I learned when playing, uh, doing church gigs and sort of taking a few guitar lessons with uh, this guitarist named George Heathcote, who I was playing with. Like he and I were in the band together, and, and he was talking. He was telling me about different chord voicings, and he was describing how he will voice chords differently depending on what other instruments are in the band. Right. And he's like, oh, well, so on Sundays we play with a piano player and the, that this piano player uses, he's he comes from a classical background, so he uses these big, these big chords that are, you know, multi-voice, you know, he's covering so much harmonic ground. Right. He's like, so I leave out. When I'm playing these chords, I'm not, you know, maybe playing single notes at that point. In yeah, some cases. like sometimes I'm just, I'm, you know, might just be playing like the first and the, you know, and the, the ninth, even, yeah. you know, right. not even, not even hitting the third. It's like the root in one ad or something like that. Right, right, for and, sure. And so, so yeah, like just there's 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 so much art in how you just. Aside from writing, aside from writing the chord progression, how do you voice the chords? Right. And there's just such, there's a whole universe. That's something that's always been wild to me about like composers who know how to work that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, man, that's something that I I don't think consciously about. Right. Right. But it's it doesn't cool... come up in metal. 
No. Very often. <laughs> very rarely. Yeah. And um, but yeah, well, and then another thing that I think is interesting, sort of about this this concept of using the guitar sparingly as as like an element, as like an accent, as like a, a color splatter on the canvas, is that it's interesting too how just the sound if you use the guitar much too much it can kind of make the music sound dated yeah and sure yeah like if the guitar is really featured too much i mean okay well i think of like the funk fusion band i was in you know small deal very guitar heavy but we were very intentionally and we were vocal about it like we weren't hiding things like yeah 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 like we're tapping into a, a 70s thing right and so it wasn't it wasn't a detriment to us it was you know but i i feel like i don't know i i, I don't I, I feel like when you feature the guitar that prominently you're sort of like you're not going to sound necessarily modern it depends on I think it depends on the type of music you're playing also. Sure. And I guess I'm talking about like kind of funky jazzy music. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that. Uh, and so like I, it, I think that if anything, it has a place in people's like the public consciousness of the sixties and seventies. And that's really what I mean. Yeah. That's really what I mean. I don't I don't think that it's like, oh, you can't be funky, jammy or jazzy on guitar. Yeah. That's not what I mean. Or when you play the certain style on a guitar, you instantly sound like these people did back then explicitly, no. but no, it's that tone. It's, it's the tone and yeah. it's, and it's the, you know, and it, it just, it reminds, it's like, it takes people back to, you know, Hendrix and, and, and yeah. Jimmy Page and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it locks it into that era in a sense. I think you're right. Yeah. And so it's, and also I sometimes wonder just about sort of, I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking shit. <laughs> so like, I was going to try to make some connection about like, yeah, and I think the guitar is naturally a very noodly instrument, so I don't know that it would lend itself to the sort of meditative, vibey, trance-like quality that this music calls for mm. oftentimes. So, probably oftentimes. Probably for most people, that's, a, that's the case. Right. And... um and then on the song Neon Mind, so this is, again, the other song for Shatter. I was like, this shit is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy and silly at the same time. <laughs> it is, man. Oh, so, the soundtrack is so fucking good. Yeah, it was... It, th those tracks are great. And... But this this one also starts off with like some just some dirty ass bass. It, it just boo, doo, 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 doo. yeah. The, the, the little synth hit in there. I love that. I I laughed. I smiled. Really. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, uh, and so then I, I did notice one thing, and and it it just totally makes sense. I was like, I can't help but notice how much easier it is for me to do this monotonous computer work that I was doing, you know, like my, my day job <laughs> mm -hmm. shit while listening to this music. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, this is kind of what this music is designed for. Kind of like intentional one way or another. Like uh, you're meant to be having fun while doing it. So not, there's not that so much, but that's absolutely what I use this music for also. Right. Uh, right. So it, it's perfect for that. That is, that's interesting. Whether they intended that or not, uh, it's meant to be listened to a lot repetitively, sort of secondarily. 
So, Got it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about the next one. So the next game is, is called Fez. Fez. Like, Fez. A, like a Fez hat. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so this is fucking weird. Okay. Um, yes, it is. Just the, the gameplay of it. So I, I have some questions. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what this gameplay looks like is you have like you have like a 2D thing going on. Yes, you do. But it seems that you have the ability to rotate the reference frame. Yes. Now, is that something you control? Uh, yes. As the so you decide yes. when that happens. Yep. Okay. You have okay. The, the, the four cardinal sort of direct. You're, you're rotating 90 degrees yes. at a yeah, time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like orthogonal. Yes. Um, and so the game is presented to you at first as this 2D game, and that's all you got. Okay. And you get to that point in the where the video picks up, and you get the 3D ability. Oh wow! So you don't know it going in. You, it's very early on though. And so basically the way it works is like, yeah, you're rotating the entire world 90 degrees at a time around. And it turns out you're in a 3D environment. Catch is the characters in this world do not know that. Mm. As far as they're concerned, it is a two, it is a flat fucking world. I was going to say, I was like, I'm almost getting Flatland vibes from this. Because <laughs> I started I started skipping around the video. Like, let me see what I see. Or whatever, you know what I mean? But yep. it seems like that seemed to be a part of, of, I don't know, the gameplay or the plot of the gameplay was this dimensionality specifically? Yes, totally. Like, there's one point where there's like blocks missing, and you see like space and shit and stuff, you know? Yeah. So you so you get the three dimensional ability, and then they they work. Uh, there's puzzling that it's a puzzle game, uh, but they they like hint at fourth dimensionality and all this other madness. Mm. Uh, it's a really wild game. Uh, there's an entire uh, scripted language in the game that you can completely miss out on, uh, but you can learn the alphabet in the game. So, like, at the beginning, there's this fucking cube that's talking to you, and it's just saying, like, gibberish, and mm -hmm. you can't read what it's saying on the it's just symbols. You can learn that and then go back and play that part again and see what he says. And he's just saying shit like, whoa, man, it's cool that you're here. I'm going to give you this power. All right, see you later, dude. Peace the fuck <laughs> it's, it's it's so ridiculous what the fuck um but uh it is uh yeah it's it's kind of a trip there's there's a lot going on there but it, it sort of presents itself as a simple like platformer but there's there's a lot more to but it. there's a lot more going on too yeah. that's yeah that's leave it to a fucking artist type to put all the effort put this astronomical amount of effort into conveying something and then they convey and then what they actually choose to say is something very whimsical yep you know that's the whole point to make you look at that and go god what is that fucking dude what saying i uh, just being a goofy weirdo and it, it's it's there's an interesting i guess i don't know what you would call it but it's if you were like a philosophy of art type thing or some weird meta thing of saying that the like the real meaning isn't isn't the result it's it's the work done this is the journey not the destination really. yeah yeah and, and so like the real meaning the real philosophical nugget that that person is trying to convey is not what he has that character say it's 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 the work involved in creating this language and then you you know yeah. all that or, or or just like even not even as involved in that just like the feeling the 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 act of the of the thing conveying something to you that you can't understand, mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. or just that even that. 
So I think I think it's all of that, really. F- fucking gamers. But uh, this this uh, those songs from that soundtrack, they uh, I put them in that order because they sort of create a bit of a journey. They do. Uh, they start off kind of whimsical and light and airy, and mm-hmm. they, they and towards the middle they get a little a little bit dingier. Right, and so I was going to ask about the these song titles. Yeah, is there significance to these song titles? Uh, to some extent, maybe in the game, but eh. Okay, because it's you know like flow, legend, forgotten, sink, glitch, death. You know, like it's it's very one word. It's you know what I mean. I guess there is actually. Uh, uh, I think flow is like one of the earlier songs, and you're meant to just be sort of you know cruising through the levels mm-hmm. there's not, not not a lot of hard puzzling going on yeah uh you get to glitch and the world actually like so in the video if you watch you get the 3d ability and the world glitches out mm. and the quote-unquote computer resets and you see like a bio screen mm-hmm. and it resets the game and you're left wondering as the player like oh shit did the game crash that sort of thing and so the, the levels start glitching out and things happen in the game that are like so there's very uh, there's very much a, a meta aspect yes, to this game totally 100 percent um and then things deteriorate from there over time i think that's where you get to like okay that. that's what i was seeing yeah totally. i see that's that's fascinating and so there's almost like a commentary on gaming itself nested inside of this i guess yeah in a yeah. way yeah so the the music so i wrote damn this is cool and then <laughs> I was like, reminds me of one of the Bass Nectar records I got into back in 2013, <laughs> I think, or Vinter, or you know, Vintergaton. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So then, <clears throat> so then here's what I did. I went into Spotify. And I was like, let me figure out what that Bass Nectar album is, and I look up Bass Nectar. Okay, and there was a playlist that I had. Let me see if I can find it. That, that you created. That I had created. Okay. And uh, whatever, it's not coming up now um, for whatever reason. But what's funny is that I created this playlist that had Bass Nectar, this band Winter Gaton. I've but, heard of them, yeah. Okay. I had had them on it. And the Jim Guffrey record, so, oh. the Sword and Sorcery record. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, oh, that makes fucking sense. <laughs> so I had this playlist that was just bass nectar, and I was, I was like, so, sub- even, you know, this stuff is connected in some sense to me. And I thought I right. I was very tickled to find that. Past you knew already. So um, Made the connection. Uh, yeah, what's weird, so this is, the soundtrack is done by a dude who goes by Disaster Piece. Uh, but not the Slipknot one. Slick your throat up, fuck the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like P E A C E. And what's what's wild to me about this dude is, so he did this soundtrack. He's done a few other soundtracks. Have you seen the movie It Follows? Yes. He did that soundtrack. Oh, that motherfucker. So what's interesting is if you listen to that soundtrack next to this one, this dude has like a distinctive synth tone. And I feel like a lot of artists don't have that, but it, this right. is a guy like if you hear this tone, you know it's him. Interesting. It's really weird. 
Interesting. Um, um, that, that it follows soundtrack is fucking awesome too. It is That's a fucking great movie too. It is. I, I was trying to talk Allison into watching it. Oh man, uh, I was like, this isn't this isn't slasher. This is le- this is un- this is legitimately unsettling. Yes. <laughs> this isn't fun. Boom, boom, bang, pow. Ah. No. Like this is. This is like this fuck is, you up for a bit. This maybe. is gonna stay with you a little. Yes. But it's very good. Yes. So yeah, the soundtrack to that done by the same dude. All right. So, okay. So this next game. <laughs> so now we're now we're into the meat of it. This is this is the centerpiece of this of this playlist. This is why I made this playlist. This is arguably why I made this entire set of playlists. That's a statement. Uh, it's going to come back next time, well, too. Well, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, shit, maybe maybe part three. Who knows? Maybe start four. your own podcast. Yeah, if mother, you motherfucker. Um, so you, you, can, you can join us next month on the Robert Rabel podcast. Um, we're Richard Wooten guests. Like, like and subscribe. So what is the name of this game? Because I'm a little confused. So it's near. Near is N- what it's called. N I E R. It's a very it's a confusing situation actually. Um, <laughs> so the game itself in the United States was just called Near. It's what it said on the box. That's what you fucking called it. In Japan, it was released twice. There were two versions of it. There was Near Gestalt and there was Near Replicant. Okay. And in Near Gestalt, which was the version that was released here, that was just called Near, you played as this old man who had a daughter. Okay. In the in the other version, a replicant, you played as the brother of this girl okay. instead of her father. It's a very weird distinction to make. And I think the conventional wisdom as to why that happened is because it's seen as more like relatable to play as a brother character in Japanese culture. Okay. And they, for some reason, wanted to make it a father character in for Western players. Just one of those sort of... Uh, yeah, it's a really weird distinction to it. Like, like a cultural mismatch kind of, kind of thing of yeah. whenever you... Like you find that, that like that meme that's the a Japanese baseball game where they had to like make up American names. Yes, yes, <laughs> like exactly. That kind of thing. Kind of. It's like a weird localization thing, but they built it into two separate games, which you never see happen. Uh so anyway, anyone who played that game in America played that version with the dad. And it's like, it's, you're this weird, like ugly old dude who like, no one wants to play as an ugly old man conventionally. Mm-hmm. So it didn't sell very well in the first place, but this game's all about like the story and the characters and how they interact and all this other shit. Um, so that's the deal with the name. Anyway, okay. it was released twice. Uh, and then two last year, two years ago, they re-released the replicant version as like a HD upgrade over er, er, worldwide. Uh, and you play as the brother character, and you that's the only version you get. You don't get the dad character anymore. Uh, but people have like this weird attachment to the dad character because he was really cool to play as. It was admittedly very cool to play as a character like that because you, you never play as dad. It's in novel. Games. Yeah, right. it's novel. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's the deal with the name. So, which version was the gameplay footage from? Gestalt, the the old man version. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I wrote about the gameplay mm-hmm. was the first thing. I was like, triangle boobs abound. Yeah. Um, was the first thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. Yeah, totally. But but there is there was a thing that was very clear, which was like, okay, well, the dialogue on this is seems a lot more. There's a lot more personality and thought put into this dialogue. Yes. And the the way that these characters are interacting. So that's something that seems different. Absolutely. That's a huge part of it. And and then I was like, it's. This was one of those, probably more so than any of the other ones, that the fucking music drastically changes how you are inter how how you are sort of interpreting the action on screen. Yes. Even just as passively watching it, not even interacting with it directly. Cause the the, the clip you showed me is like this fucking weird ass boss. Like this fucking giant, formless, rotating Tetris speaker box monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like this big body made of sort of cubes that are not together. They're kind of separated by air. and Yeah. But they're moving in and out and replacing each other and glowing. Very weird. Yeah. And very sort of like, what the fuck? That's the right response for that. Yes, totally. And uh, and so, but then you, but then you... But then you listen to the music that's happening, and it's like, why? It's like, yes, what the fuck? But this is why this calm. This is calming in a weird way. And there's a weird juxtaposition. This whole, all this totally. music, this is music is fucking weird. Totally. So, all of it, 100%. all of this music is fucking weird for this game. Absolutely, it is. And I, just, ah. Uh, it was it was composed by a Japanese composer who had done a lot of other games, uh, Keiji Okabe, um, and he does like some pretty weird compositions, like some weird instrumentation and weird like feels. All this it's a very strange thing, and for the vocals he got a vocalist in Japan, who I think is from there, but also speaks English and stuff, named Emmy Evans, and they went like the, the little blurb I put in the yeah. in the notes there was they basically went to her and said all right we want you to sing for this soundtrack but we want you to write nonsense lyrics basically uh based in what what you might think these other languages sound like in a thousand years right so here's the quote so from yeah. wikipedia in addition to singing evans was asked to write her own lyrics in futuristic languages the composers gave her preliminary version of songs and the style they wished the language to be in, such as Scottish, Gaelic, or French, and she invented the words. Evans wrote songs in versions of Scottish, Gaelic, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, French, English, and Japanese, and wrote Song of the Ancients, which is one of the tracks on here, in an entirely fictional language. She wrote that song by listening to songs in as many languages as possible and jumbling them up together. For the other languages, she tried to imagine what they would sound like after a thousand years of drifting. Yeah, and the reason for that time period... What the fuck? The reason for that time period is because you start the game, and then there's a thousand-year time skip. <laughs> so the game that you actually play takes place, quote-unquote, a thousand years after, like, an apocalyptic event. Okay. So wow. that's why you might want to do that. <laughs> why creatively that would make sense right. to, to give that kind of direction. And yes. so... yes. So, so needless to say, none of the lyrics of this music are interpretable. They're not words. 
they're just nonsense sounds at the, at the end of the day. And it affects you on a, uh, it affects you while listening to this music. Fucking A right, it does. I have to say that because it feels like listening to this music, I don't, so it either, it feels like you're constantly grabbing for a rope that is continuously slipping from your fingers. <laughs> Because because the way the vocal because the vocals have the rhythm and the timbre and the feel and the cadence of you're telling me something right you're telling me something important that you <laughs> yeah. care about that affects yes. you maybe you're incredibly sad about something and you want to let me know right but I can't understand I can't, you. yeah I can't I it is just it's you're and and you, but it's this constant there's a constant push and pull what it I wrote. Totally. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. All this music is hella weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird in ways I can't put my finger on. Part of it is the vocals. Them not being a real language really adds to the ungrounded feeling. It's hard to describe, but it feels weird to listen to. Like you are constantly trying to get your footing, like trying to do calligraphy on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. like you're, you're, you know, like you're trying, you know, like. You're you're just you're always this close, you're always this close. Yeah. As as it and it is it is unnerving in in a way that is so unique to any other music I've ever heard. That's awesome. And it's but it's but it's not just the vocals. It's also the how the music is itself is put together. It's the instrumentation. Mm -hmm. It's the sounds used, and it's how those elements are actually combined. Right. Like how it's composed. Right. Yeah. It's all fucking weird. Yep. And it is um you know there is yeah there is the kind of cuz there's no way to there's no way to describe this music adequately. Like it's it's symphonic in some ways, it's like orchestral in some ways. It's choral, but it's also electronic. Uh I, to, to, so it's it's very ethereal a lot yes, of the time. And, and and there's no single one of the elements themselves that feel um, that feel mysterious. Mm -hmm. It's it's not the elements themselves. It's the way that they're combined. There's something very unique in the way that they're combined because this isn't you know this isn't using this isn't alien music, you know like this is, it's still using the language but it's using it's it, it's like hearing. You know, like when you hear someone speak an English dialect and you're like, I know those words, but I don't know what you just fucking said. <laughs> or, or it's like there's a there's a video out there of, uh, I think, Swedish actors or something. And they take it's like what English sounds like to non-English speakers. Mm -hmm. You know the video? Uh, no. OK, but, but well, it's like somebody just saying syllables of what of words that we would use but they're not any words they're just the syllables that we yes. say and so it you look at the person talking and you hear the words that are coming out of their mouths and you don't understand what they're saying because they're not saying english words but the syllables it's like english syllabically right the the intonation and the and the rhythm and everything and it's very unnerving yeah 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 um that that makes sense yeah that makes sense and uh, so it's kind of the same thing here yeah there and yeah and th there is like a a sort of a an overarching sort of world music vibe mm -hmm. to all of this that is intentional i feel because yeah. of what they were going for 
but again, it's it's like a weird, it's sort of a weird permutation, mutation, perversion, if you will. I will. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, and then I wrote this. I was like, this is probably the weirdest music overall. It's strange sounds combined in strange ways. It makes me wonder, how the fuck does someone get the call for this job? (laughs) 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 I like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, dude, get the guy, get the fuck. Like it, the, the music, like I imagine in my mind, the music for this just being like, well, we asked him to do this and this is what we got. And we can't really, he went above and beyond I don't know that it's what we are asking for, but it's what we got. Here we go. That is that sort of was like my interpretation of it. You know, like you. I, I don't think that that was the case. I think that it this probably was, was not. No, I think that this was entirely intentional. I think this is exactly what they wanted, uh, because the dude who directed this game is um, the dude who directed this game is. This guy, <laughs> he wears this mask in public at all times. Okay. His name's Yoko Taro. He's sort of an auteur uh, director. Oh, uh, of course. He's a fucking complete weirdo, as you might expect. Um, but he's extremely, uh, he's extremely down to earth and 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 reasonable and like sensical in in a weird way, but also just kind of irreverent. Very, mm-hmm. very reverent. Um, and he's known for, like, being a fucking weirdo, but uh, in a way that people can relate to. Okay. Um, so he wears this mask in public because he has severe, like, anxiety. Uh, and he did it as that way at first, but it became, like, a character in sure, a way. Sure, sure. The character uh, the, that that mask represents in the game is the character Emil, which some of these songs are named after. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole arc to him in throughout the game where he's like a, he's like a human boy who becomes cursed and eventually sacrifices himself towards the end, which is related in the in the song and the titles and songs. Like mm. that. Uh, this game is all about uh, doing terrible shit to people you care about and trying to find redemption for that. Uh, in some cases, not knowing that you're doing terrible shit to people you care about. Um, All right. So this this game is extremely not light. Okay. It is extremely heavy. Um, I I, the, I think the, the descriptors that I put in there were something something existential dread. I I think I think so. <clears throat> that's that's a huge yeah. Uh, that one and we will we will revisit this game sequel uh, next time. Oh, exciting! Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, character-focused existential dread is you what you put for. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> this game is a lot. I can't even begin to explain uh, a lot of what this game does. Uh, the game itself does not play particularly well, which is unfortunate. It's kind of repetitive. It's kind of like grindy. Uh, mm. It kind of just doesn't feel great. The camera is kind of fucked up in some point, some ways. Uh, but everything else that happens story-wise and musically and character-wise, like, more than makes up for it. I see. So, like, I would – you play through the whole game, you get to the ending, and you have to go back and play through the second half of the game 
and different things happen. And then you have to go back and play through the last third of the game from a different perspective. And then you have to finish it twice more. There are like five endings to this game and you got to repeat shit to get everyone's perspective on what has happened. And that is how you understand the gravity of what you have done throughout the course of the game. Fuck. So it's on the one hand, you can say, well, I don't want to fucking play the game five times. I didn't like it the first time. Well, okay, well, I understand that because it doesn't play great. But if you stick with it, you will be rewarded. You will understand why they want you to do that. I see. So this, this dude has like a vision for this shit. And that's the soundtrack in that respect was entirely intentional to be weird and very explicitly like not understandable. Yeah. And, and possibly sort of off-putting, but also like extremely beautiful. Um, the, off-putting and beautiful. Yeah. This is, this collection of music is like one of the most beautiful collections of music I know of. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I absolutely adore the soundtrack. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, it is different. It and, is very you different. Can tell, you yep. can tell. Um, so I was talking earlier about the Tresillo rhythm. Yeah. So here for a more tangible example of it. One. Yeah. There's a nice slow version of it. Right. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two. So FY Izzle. So yeah, really great. Yeah, really great. So uh, another thing on the soundtrack is you'll have a lot of tracks, even in this playlist, there were a couple of like, this track is named this and so is this one, but it has like a little thing appended at the end. Mm-hmm. Song of the Ancients, uh, Fate, I think is one of Song of the Ancients, or whatever the other one is. Uh, hollow something. Yeah. Uh, and then Emil as well. There are two Emil tracks on here. <sighs> that piano thing right there. Dude, it's so good. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, a few more a few more things on this. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, I don't know if it's a light motif necessarily. It's just taking the same song and doing something different with it. Mm-hmm. In, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. the song, like there are four to six versions of some of these songs. Right. In some cases, on the soundtrack, because they take it and they put it in a different context or play it on a different instrument, something like that, and it gives it a different feeling and it's used in different ways in the game. Very cool. Um, so the Song of the Ancients specifically, uh, there are there are two characters in the game that are sister, twin sisters, and you come upon one singing it herself at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Later on, you come upon her sister somewhere else singing her version, and then you come upon them both later on together singing in unison. And the shit like that happens in... like. Just constantly. Games do not do shit like that, and that makes it such a wild thing to come across. And it, it's done so well like this. Right. I see what you're saying. It's fucking mind-blowing. That's crazy. It's it's nuts. So how, how where do you play this game? Uh, what do you have to play this on? You can play that version on... You have to find it on PS3 or 360. Uh, okay. They haven't re-released it. Well, okay. So like I said earlier, they re-released that other version of it, but they re-recorded the music... And so, like, they got the same woman to sing, and the same dude, like, composed it, but it's 
the same but different, and it's not quite not quite there. It's not quite there. They did some. They made some interesting choices in some cases, let's say. Why uh, won't creative people stop creating? Stop. <laughs> Once you've created the thing, leave it alone. Just don't recreate don't, it. Don't fucking Lucas this shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. One more. So, Dusk dusk Force? Dust Force. Dust. Like dust. Like yeah. You, like you got to sweep up some dust. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, I started watching the gameplay of this and I was like, is this motherfucker raking leaves? <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Is that a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, <laughs> this is strangely relaxing. Yeah, it is. What wonderful music. That's really good. This feels like a nice blanket and a warm drink. Yeah, it does. And not just because it's called Cider Time. <laughs> Oh, is it what? One of those tracks is called Cider Time. Oh my fucking god, it is. So I wrote that. So that description, I wrote that just from watching the gameplay. Nice. Just from, you know, and, and it was just like cuz that's how it made me feel. I was especially sort of in contrast to sort of the fucking one that I saw before with the speaker box monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like this is it's like this is upsetting in a very unique way or this is tense this is tense in a very unique way yeah and then this is just this just seemed delightful totally well so i did that on purpose i wanted to end i wanted to put (laughs) near towards the end there because it's a fucking lot and then i want to put this at the very end as a sort of Mm. a chaser a closer you know Mm. because it is that it is like really relaxing it's really just like man i could just get lost in here for a while yeah it's, it's just yeah, I I don't I really like I don't know what else to say, but the gameplay looked very very engaging, but very whimsical and very rela- you know. Yeah. Like this is another one where like the gameplay is cool and like in the descriptors I put like precision platformer. So you need like there's a lot of skill involved with getting good at the game. Mm. And then I put janitorial cuz you play as <laughs> you play as janitors, you play as people with brooms and rakes and shit. Yeah. It's a weird just a weird little sort of foible uh there but uh the game is kind of like it's fine it's cool it's a good game but the soundtrack i've listened to the soundtrack so many times it's nice it goes far beyond uh the way it's used even in the game it's really nice yeah i liked it a lot um i wish i had more to say but i just I, i it's it's just delightful it's just delightful it's really really good i'll listen to it all the time i listen a couple times a week probably all right, and then so the bonus round, yeah, was this uh, Demon Souls? D- Demons Souls. Demons. Uh huh. Souls. Just it's a it's a dumb name, <laughs> no doubt. So I actually like texted you about this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this this is again a sort of another like bit of just a delightful, delightfully weird uh-huh. music in an unexpected really unexpected way the the two delightfully weird entries in this playlist both of the japanese games on this playlist who would have thunk it um so what was the one that i really liked uh was it uh is this one yeah tower knight penetrator um no i think this is vanguard I think I don't know. No, this is, I think this is Tower Knight. I don't think it is. 
Oh, you're right. This is. Yeah. But there's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this. And then all of a sudden. Just the one little sting. And then like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the music is so. Th th there was a lot of like momentum, in motion, in it, and but also like w there's also whimsy, and 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 some absurdity. But it's but 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 it being sort of couched inside of that motion and that, that there's like a little bit of urgency. Yeah. You know, but but not like too much, and it's a really kind of. It's a really interesting combination. Just, just the music, just yeah. the music, and, and th there's a lot of brass in this soundtrack, yes, which is, is number one, common. number one, very uncommon for video game soundtracks. Number two, very uncommon for this type of game, which is just like an extremely dark, depressing, difficult, okay, game. So that was something I was gonna ask because I wa I watched almost the whole video that you sent of this oh right on um because i was like okay this looks like something i would actually like to play and i was like wait a minute it was the, it was the boss fight against the tower knight right and i was like wait a minute how hard is this game, game? fucking so <laughs> it's it's weird because this this has this game spawned like a whole series and it's one of the biggest series that you can find in games nowadays uh and there's they're known for being difficult but they're not actually that difficult they just require patience, which is kind of a different thing. Okay. But it's something that a lot of people do not excel in. So they find it hard. Uh, but if you stick with it, if you just, like, be patient, because a lot of times you're just, like, running in. You want to kill the thing. Right. But, but you got to, like, hang back and, like, let it come to you or, like, watch what it does. Right. You got to wait for do thing. You go in, whap, 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 get out. Exactly. And it's not that difficult. Wait for do thing. Go in, whap, 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 get out. Yeah. So if you can do that, you'll probably be all right. But it's punishing. I see. It's extremely punishing. So you die, you lose all your experience, and it, you dropped it where you died. And you got to get all the way back there to get it. So if you die the boss, you got to go through that whole part of the level again. Kill everybody you killed because they're all back. And you got to do that until you beat the Every boss. Every time. Every time. So it's very, very punishing in that way. Um and this, and this game came out at a time when games were not that. I see. In 2010. Uh, it came out in 2009 in Japan. So this is a kind of a precursor to Dark Souls. This is the first game in that series. Oh. Yes. Well, there we go. Yes. They, they did Demon Souls, which was PlayStation exclusive, and they did Dark Souls, which was multi-platform. I see. Because I, I, I bought that game, okay. and, and I played it for a little bit, and I was like, this is not what I need out of a video game. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. It it does not want you playing it really. I was, I was like, my life is stressful. <laughs> I don't. I it's not important to me to be good at a hard game. I, yeah. <laughs> this is not absolutely good. fair. Because it it is. Yeah, I I think it might have been the only game that I've ever played that that I was like, you know, this is just not what I need. There's other games where I've been like, yeah, 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 nah, nah, and then you just sort of eventually peter out or get bored, you know, like maybe you don't finish it or whatever. But it's, but you intended to, mm -hmm. you know, this was a conscious decision of like, this is. I just don't need this in my life right this now. This is not what I need. Yeah. yeah. I've had the same thing before. Uh, so that's, that's interesting that, <sighs> that, that this is a immediate, I, I didn't know that. Yep. 
Um, another thing about this game is the the only music in this game is during boss fights. The rest of the game is completely silent. Weird. And all you hear are just like you can hear enemies moving around. You hear you're fighting the enemies. Nothing else. And then and then, dun, 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 and then dun, you dun, 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 yep, this you, like you elaborate. This, you go through this boss door arena, and you know you're gonna fight a boss because it's a big foggy door that you have to go through, and you can't get back out of. And you get in there, and this fucking music kicks in, and there's this momentum and these horns, and you're there's this giant monster instantly trying to kill you, and you're like, what do I do? If I die, I'm gonna go back like three hours. It's it's made for that for that she, feeling. She, yeah, fuck God, <laughs> Man, I can't. It's made. It's it, that's what it does. That's what it does, and it does it well. Dude, I couldn't even handle that shit before I was a dad. Like any <laughs> any video game I play now has to be pausable. Totally. I have to be. If I can't pause it, and like save it where I'm at, then it's like I and I can't. Do that's it. a huge thing with these games is that you cannot pause them. You can't even pause them. No. You, oh my god! You, you press start. It takes you to your like inventory screen, but the game is happening. That's violence. Something can fucking come up behind you and fuck you up. That's so, some other player can invade your game and kill you. <laughs> if you're playing online, these games are mean. They're not hard, but they're punishing. They're cruel. So, what is a game that you would consider not punishing but hard? Uh, ooh. Probably like something like, I mean, you. I don't know if you know Super Meat Boy. Mm-mm. It's like it's a platformer. It's made by the same dude who did Binding of Isaac, actually. Okay, I think I have heard of it. Yeah, it's just it's just a very technically difficult platformer. Uh, you just need a lot of skill, a lot of dexterity, a lot of like muscle memory to get through it. So it's not punishing because the levels are very very short, and you can get through them in a few seconds if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn them. I see. Uh, so it doesn't like take away your progress like these Souls games do. So. I see. That That's an example. So it's, so I heard you also use the word grindy. And, and so, so how does, how does, so between like something that's like difficult, punishing and grindy, those aren't, those are sort of. Those, Those aren't all necessarily the same thing. No, because punishing can be like if you fuck up, you somehow lose your progress. Okay. Or you're set back a lot. Right. You got to redo stuff you already did, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If it's grindy, then maybe you just need to do something a lot. Okay. Be, the the resource you're spending is time. Gotcha. You can you can kill the same enemies and get more powerful as you go and that'll make things easier as you go forward that sort of thing gotcha uh and if there's like if it's hard hard is very generalized but i see you need to develop your skill to get past it you need right. muscle memory you need dexterity you need right like quick thinking actual dexterity not not like a stat in the game yes like an Sorry. actual yes. Yeah. actual physical tactile dexterity yeah yeah, 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 with your with your human fingers. Yeah, fucking RL dexterity. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess in a sense, depending on the style in which you're playing a game like Skyrim or Fallout, that that can be grindy if you want it to be. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, if you're like, you know what? No, I'm gonna fucking just sit here and blacksmith until I get to fucking level whatever. Right. Exactly. Because in that game, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Right. So, yeah. Right. 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 Totally. I, I feel like th- there was something that I said 
Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. I'll bring that up at the end, but I can't fucking remember what it was. Oh, shit, you're right. Um, oh, boy. So it was towards the beginning yeah. that I said that. Well, we, we segued into this by, we were talking about me and extreme metal and why I didn't click with it. Right. Um, okay, this, okay, no, this is it. This is it. So how did your interest in video games change over time? Change. You know what I mean? So like, 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 I know this is very like I don't know. We just fucking just throws out here. So yeah, just throw that out there. You, but I guess like, why these games? Why did you gravitate towards these games? Right at this time, as opposed to as opposed to you know, like. I guess I can answer that by answering your first question, a bit generally, but still, it's going to answer it, which is that. Over time, games became more sophisticated in the things they could express, mm -hmm. and I became more uh, attracted to games that uh, were able to express, much like music, I guess, these games have incredible atmosphere. Right. They have an incredible feel to them, like a vibe. Right. Very similarly, like, and they're reflected in the soundtracks a lot of the times. Um, so if, it, if you can... If you can play a game and like feel like that place has a feeling to it, and it's not, it doesn't really matter what the gameplay is in some ways. Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter how fast it moves or how many dudes you kill, that kind of shit. Right. That a lot of times is more important to me and has gotten more important over time. I see. Uh, so so I, no, you're not not big into Call of Duty. I'll play Call of Duty. Okay. Well, like with with friends, but I won't play it on my own for those purposes of like, I'm feeling like a cool dude shooting people. Mm -hmm. It's it's more of like a social thing. At gotcha. That point. Um. So that's yeah. At, at, there, once upon a time, I would play a game because it felt good, because that was a novel thing. Mm -hmm. Uh. But they got really good at it, and it just became not so novel anymore. Also, I grew up, and I don't so much need that. That rush. So, so you were you were you gravitated towards these games because there's it's not just a, a novel gameplay, but it's a novel, uh, almost a, a novel, a, a novel thing that the game is able to express. Yes. Emotionally, yeah. Atmospherically, or whatever. Right. Um, or whatever. <laughs> whatever, Becky. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you and your gamers are into. <laughs> yeah, like, so for, like, Fez, for example, it starts out as one thing and it evolves right. into this other thing, but it's it's a mystery the whole time. Right, right, and right, you, right. And you, as the player, like, unravel it and you can figure it out. You can right. go online, look at the FAQ and get the answer, you know, if you just want to get to the end and see the credits. And some people do. Right. But I'm the kind of person who wants to, like, get lost in that shit. But and that's – right. And that's a very different experience than than Doom or the, or than, than – uh, um, or, or, you know, even something like Bioshock where it's very linear. Yeah. I mean, even though – I mean, Bioshock has subtext to it for sure. Right. And it has twists and turns and, like, a, you know, a twist at the end. 
but yeah. uh, even that doesn't. It, 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 but it, it's it's a movie where you get to play the action yeah. scenes, right? You know, it's it's still it's a different kind of yeah. Or it, I don't I don't know how to say it. I mean, I had a fucking psychedelic experience when I played Bioshock Infinite, and the way that that thing wrapped up like that <laughs> that like fucked me up. Sure, uh, I made them. Maybe not mistake isn't the right word, but I like texted Robert. I was like, "Hey, I want to play a new game. Like, what do you, what do you suggest?" And and he was like, well, "What do you like?" I was like, oh, "I like these things." And he was like, "Oh, check out Bioshock Infinite or XCOM." And I got them both, hmm. and I played XCOM a little bit. I was like, "This is cool, pretty cool." And then I played Bioshock Infinite. I was like, "This is pretty cool. Let me play this a little bit more." And then once I got in, I was like, "Oh my god, this is because <laughs> it's all quantum. It's like it's like." You know, it, it alternates between, like, you know, a very cerebral story and very intense violence. And I'm like, this is my bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I would describe that. But um, but also, like, when Bioshock 1 came out, it was a sort of quantum leap past a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And you look back at it, it's kind of quaint now compared to other shit that exists. Sure. Uh, but at the time, it was absolutely, like... Yo, holy shit! I see. They're saying this. They're saying something. Wow. I see. And that just wasn't at the time. That was oh seven. It came out. I see. I see. It was extremely uh, ahead of its time at, at the time. I see. So, um, but yeah, okay. So that that makes sense to me. That that, that you were drawn to these games because of the novelty of what they could. You know, of the novelty of, of what it's expressing. Like, it's not, it's not like, okay, well, all right, so you got to go in this room, you got to kill all the people, okay? And then if you kill all the people, then you go kill the bad guy, and and then you, you, uh, you, you, no more bad guys. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it is that. Like, near is that, but there's so much else going on. Like, to say it as generally as possible, it's like just the experience that it offers. Mm-hmm. Other things do not offer that type of experience. Right. You can read a book and you can get some of that. But this has a visual and audio element to it and a, right. and a tactile gameplay element to it. You can watch a movie, but you're not in control. It's just, it's just a story that you watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You fall asleep, the movie keeps going. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, and games do games allow you to like get into it that way more. Sense. And they, they can get in your head in different ways if you let them. So not everyone wants to do that. And, and it's, you know. There is shit there for you if you're if you're willing to do that. Right, right. So. I think that that feels like a lot of my interaction with with games and even with um, uh, movies a lot is, I, I, I have a limit to the degree that I want to engage, because, I don't, I don't want to feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And. For whatever reason, you know, like maybe, maybe like my normal life of me just going through my day has such intensity of mo- of emotion that whenever I sit down to unwind, I don't want to experience someone else's. Sure. Like I, you know what I mean. You you want escapism at that point, right? Let me right. fucking not think about that and just do this thing for a little bit. Right, right. Like I don't I don't want to voyeuristically experience someone else's drama. Right. I, I like, 
you know, let's 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 can I watch let's let's watch some Godzilla, let's watch some <laughs> let's watch some Michael Myers, let's watch totally. some Marvel movies, you know. Uh let me see some some Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. I I just throw on commando, uh, it's cool. Last action hero. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, but it's 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 I don't know. So it's, it's, well, it's, it's uh, philosophy of art in a sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And what's cool is that it's it's all games have all that shit. Right. Which is kinda neat. Right, 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 right. So all right. Well So uh next next time we will do uh twenty thirteen to present day. Oh uh, shit. And we will uh It's gonna be a six hour long playlist. Hold on to your butts. We will we will experience we will we will uh explore this particular topic in far greater detail next time. Right, because the the dynamics of what games of the journey that games take you on uh only only uh only intensifies. Yeah, yeah. And so. gets weirder and stupider and more amazing. Sounds sounds awesome. Cool. Don't put down the controller yet. <laughs> One more time, one more game.